Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 53 of the bi-weekly trophy hunting podcast. And as always, I'm one of your hosts, Colin Colhoven, joined by Daryl Fuimano and Eli Downing. Good morning, brothers. Good morning. Top of the morning to you. Morning! <laughs> yeah, top of the muffin to you, indeed. Indeed. I could go for a muffin. It's been a little while. Uh, for sure. What's yeah. what? What's the flavor that you guys go to, by the way, for those? Oh, man. It's always blueberry for me. Yes! It's an, that's yeah, an that's excellent the, that's the choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, like, the raspberry mm-hmm. or, like, cranberry ones that you nah, that I've had before, too, but they're kind of weird. You know, the blueberry yeah. is, like, it's just sweet enough without being, like, dessert, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm also a lemon poppy fan. Oh! Actually, that sounds yeah. delicious. You get yeah. those from Costco or whatever? No, I'm. I used to make them, but oh shit, the Costco muffins are actually really good. Like, I would highly recommend it if if you yeah. guys have a Costco card. I don't actually. Do I have a Costco card? I haven't been in like years. I think my parents had it. That's why I had them. But yeah, they're super good. Super super good. The ones from Costco are good, but then sometimes it can be a bit much. Like <laughs> eating six muffins for the whole week. Oh yeah, I mean, in terms of like how much you get from Costco, it's a it's, it's a bit wild. <laughs> yeah, but that's the case with almost anything you get from them. You know, like I don't need uh like six handles of vodka at one time. I just need to buy the one. But that's not how they roll. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Costco fan. I'm a bulk fan. Yeah, well, for certain items, it's really great. You know, non-perishable items, basically. But if you get like something that's gonna go bad, it's like holy shit! Now yeah. the clock is ticking. You know, you're you're on a timer at that point. Oh my god! Excuse me, that sip of coffee was so fucking hot. <laughs> 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 so I recently, um, if you guys remember, listeners won't remember, but you guys will remember. We got a harvest gift a while back that was like those Yeti cups. Charcuterie um, board. <laughs> yep. Yeah, <laughs> it was like the blue Yeti like thermos cups or whatever so recently yeah. what i've been doing in the morning is like brewing my coffee straight into that or like my mm-hmm. keurig cup straight into that because it keeps it warm for my whole drive to work mm-hmm. uh but i did that this morning and the difference being like you know it's not sitting in the car for right. like 40 minutes so i just tried to take a drink of it after like five minutes and it's in scalding yeah <laughs> absolutely took like a big gulp yeah it just like burned the shit out of my throat basically Oh, my God. Uh, now it's going to ruin all my fucking movie theater food I'm going to have later because, that's right, I'm going to go see Uncharted this afternoon, uh, approximately six hours from now, which I'm pretty hyped about. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Are you guys nice. planning on seeing this, or, or or what's going on here? I might. Let me know if how fa- family-friendly it is, and I might watch it with my son, because it's like Indiana Jones. Exactly. But yeah. I don't know how, uh, yeah, how appropriate it will be. For sure. Yeah, uh, I saw it last weekend, and there's some there's some profanity in it. Okay, I'll say that, which is a little bit more than what I remember from the video games. I felt like Nathan Drake was saying, "Oh shit!" like every minute. I was like, "Wait, uh, maybe it's still that- a fun movie." I don't know, like in terms of family friendly though. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the older uh, <laughs> I like recently had watched the original Indiana Jones. And there is some definitely not fr- family friendly stuff in that movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. like a hundred percent. Like, oh like, yeah. When Isn't the dude's like... faces melt off at the end. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it looks horrible, like in terms of modern day, you know, like it's it's very like much fake. Melting. Yeah, exactly. So in in that sense, I'm sure Zayden could be like, oh, that's fake, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Um, but I guess like at the time, you know, and when we were kids watching that stuff growing up, it was like, ah, <laughs> someone's face is melting. So maybe was... maybe when the uh, Xbox game comes out, he'll be old enough. Oh man, that's such a bummer <laughs> that we don't have access to that game on PlayStation. Yeah. Which game? Uh, so Machine Games, the guys behind Wolfenstein, your favorite franchise, Daryl, they've uh, teased that they're working on an Indiana Jones game. And mm. the assumption, it hasn't been explicitly stated, is that it's going to be uh, Xbox console exclusive. Uh, so it'll probably be on PC as well, but it, yeah, it won't be on PlayStation, I don't think. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I always yeah. have to remind myself that, you know, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the one with the, the guy's face melting, it's the very first one. Correct. I, I'm always, like, out of tune with the, you know, the chronology of, like, those movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, like, you always think it's that one is the later one in the series? Yeah, like, because gotcha. I, I, I started with Temple of Doom, which is actually, like, the second one. Oh, so I always yeah. think that's the first one, just because that's the first Indiana Jones movie I saw. That is uh, probably the first one I saw, too, now that I think about it. Yeah. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom, and then it's like... The Last Crusade. Last Crusaders or some, some shit like that with Sean Connery. Yeah, and that's where you get, like, the... And I never noticed this till rewatching after playing Uncharted, like, 1, 2, and 3. But you know, you know how, like, in Uncharted 3, there's, like, that period where you play as young Drake? There's, like, the flashbacks. Yeah. Um that happens in the beginning of the third Indiana Jones movie as well where you see Indy as like a kid yeah, like yeah. and how he gets into tro- to like trophy hunting or not trophy hunting treasure hunting. It's <laughs> 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 like I popped my first bronze, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a uh, Yeah, so I wonder, I mean, very clearly the inspiration is there, right? But uh Right, right. I also don't hate the the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, the fourth movie. I know a lot of people hate that movie. Um it is definitely not as good as the original three, but it's still got all the same, like the same actress from uh, from Raiders comes back. Uh, obviously, you have Shia LaBeouf, which makes it a ten out of ten instant classic. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't hate that movie. It's yeah. Anyway, are you going to see that in the theaters? Uncharted? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yep. Well, you gonna get candy? That shit's ridiculous. I was the going price, to. Yeah. Price is ridiculous, dude. They're always raising it. What is it at now? Raisin hat? Is that what you said? They're always raisin hat? <laughs> yeah. Like the candy? It's, like raisin hats? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's crazy, too, is when I went to the movie theater this last, last weekend and watched Uncharted, they only got one popcorn size because of the whole supply chain issue. No. And guess what size is the only one available? Large. Large. The most expensive one. Large. God, Jesus, dude, I, this is fucking supply scam, constraint. Dude. We only have larges. Yeah, we can't <laughs> imagine. We can't get the smaller boxes. Actually, dude, hilarious. I went to get Chinese food the other day. Okay, from Golden Harvest, and they are out of the tiny little boxes that you associate with Chinese food takeout. No shot. They don't, no, they don't have them anymore. They're starting to give me just like normal looking Tupperware, and I was like, it, Oh, what you, the hell? He's like, Yeah, we ran out of them. Like, oh my god. <laughs> even so, really Chinese food then, though? No, not really. Like if I can't eat it out of a box with with uh, chopsticks, then no. You know, you know that that's actually a plate. I think I tried to convince you that at work, and you were super sus about it. What do you mean it's a plate? Like, oh, it deconstructs into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I still don't really believe you because I've never done that. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I don't know why you'd lie about that. That's so random. <laughs> oh, like all your food fell on the floor. You I'm stupid t- nerd. <laughs> <laughs> now your fried rice toast is on the ground. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? Uh, you why would he lie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he knew the 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 calendar thing. What reuse it every two seven years or something? Every seven yeah. years, your calendar is useful again. Great! Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited to reuse this calendar from 2015 yeah. right now. <laughs> Eli coming in with the random knowledge, man. Yeah, the random. Nobody knows exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, you know, um, again, thank you for joining me this morning, boys. And uh, thank you to all the returning listeners. Thank you to the new listeners. We've had quite a few people come and join the Discord recently. So uh, welcome to you all if you're checking out the show for the first time. And if you haven't checked out the Discord yet, but you're listening to the show, you're doing something wrong. Go check out the Discord. There's there's a race we have going on over there that can get you 50 sweet PSN bucks. It, uh, when we get to April, so you should check that out. We're more than halfway through this race now. We're coming up on halfway through the race. And we've just got a bunch of other cool shit on there uh, and a bunch of cool channels and very, very nice people. So go and check it out if you haven't already. And uh, I did want to start us off today with a, with a kind of interesting question here surrounding new game releases, okay? Because I think everybody and their mother knows that Elden Ring has come out this week. Um, I was hearing about it from people that don't normally, like, play games at all. Like, oh, is, did some game come out last night or something? Like, such and such person was up all night playing it or was, was talking about it. And so, yes, Elden Ring has come out. We're also not too far after Horizon Forbidden West has come out. Dying Light 2 has come out. We've got the new Borderlands Tiny Tina's Adventures coming out. We've got Gran Turismo 7 coming out. In less than a month, we've got Ghostwire Tokyo coming out. So, long story short, there's just way too many very highly desired AAA games coming out within like a two-month span. So what I want to know from you guys is how you deal with basically what equates to FOMO and new game releases. Um, so as a little anecdote, right, I was not planning on purchasing Elden Ring. And, yeah, what's up? I thought your days weren't over yet. Exactly, they weren't over. So, I, well, so I got to, I was doing 100 days of no game purchases challenge, and I got to day 92, and I purchased a game on sale on the PSN using a gift card that I had gotten for Christmas because okay. it was going to expire. The sale was going to end before my 100 days was up, and the game was going to go from $6 to 30 And the game was also one that was in my backlog of games to clean up, clean up percentage, but that I didn't own physically anymore. So it was like, I'm going to have to rebuy this game if I want to get more percentage in it. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to do it. It comes with all the DLC. Sounds like a good justification to me. It was, a pr- I thought, a pretty decent justification. But, but the, the point being that at that point, my 100-day challenge ended. So I was effectively like, okay, I'm done. Like, I can do it. I can buy games if I want, right? Oh my but goodness. I still wasn't going to get Elden Ring. And then, of course, preview coverage starts coming out. Reviews start coming out. People start talking about it. And I was on pretty, pretty strict media blackout. Like, I wasn't watching anything. But you still, it's inevitable that you're going to kind of hear like rumbles about what this game is supposed to be and you're hearing things like masterpiece 10 out of 10 breath of the wild level transformative game for the industry uh like best game from software has ever done right etc and i was like you know what god damn it so i of course pre you know pre-ordered it and pre-downloaded thank goodness. it thank um, goodness i bought that six dollar game <laughs> thank goodness you know what i mean and uh and yeah so and that's kind of the the thing i'm trying to get at here is like so how do you guys deal with that you know have you been 
faced with this in the recent months because for me, I think right now is a, is going to be a hard time for a lot of people in terms of like there's going to be a lot of games they want to play and not enough time to play them all, and they probably shouldn't spend the money on all of them either. So, what what do you guys normally do with these scenarios? You know, and when new games are coming out, shake it off. Let's go listen to T Swift. Yeah, shake it off. Yeah. Okay. So, like, it doesn't bother you at all, like, that that there's people having this collective shared experience, all media outlets are talking about it at the same time, everybody on gaming discussions and forums is talking about it at the same time, and you're sitting there like, I could be doing this, but no. Not really. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't bother me that I'm not spending $70 now. It's actually 60 for Elden Ring, but... Is it? Oh, yeah, because yeah, it's a PS4 game? Yep. Correct. Um... Which we'll get we'll get into later, but <laughs> yeah, but I see your point. So you just are like you don't care. Yeah, it doesn't really bother me too much. But what if it's a game when it comes to that like you're games. really excited for? Like, do you like? So you're, I guess, not excited for any of these most recent releases. Uh, I do want to. I kind of do want to play Elden Ring. Uh, maybe I could switch that with Demon Souls and make that 60. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That Dude. was kind of be my plan. But like, I just, I don't, I don't like rushing into decisions like that, making, you know, uh, snap decisions based on like, oh, I'm, other people are doing this, so I should jump off this bridge too. Sure, sure. I just, I, I don't, let, I try not to let that stuff bother me too much. Mm-hmm. That's a good call. I mean, I guess in general, do you feel like playing a game at launch adds anything to the experience? Absolutely not. Okay. And that, that and that's yeah, that's, that's, probably, a, that's that's a, a fair way to right ask there. it. Yeah, yeah. And I I, I don't disagree well, with you necessarily. Then then there is the point of like waiting too long, right? Like we were talking right. last night about spoiling the Dark Souls original Dark Souls one. Yeah, for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like then then that can happen where it's like yeah I'll, I want to play Elden Ring but then I don't play it. And the hype's over, and I kind of forget about it, and then it's like, oh. Then it gets spoiled, and you're like, fuck, I wanted to play that seven years ago. What the hell, guys? (laughs) 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. There's there's plenty of games in the sea. Right, right. And I, I think if you're someone who has a backlog, like, at all, which I can't imagine that there's people playing games out there that are so diligent with finishing shit that they don't have a backlog accumulated... Like, you can always justify, like, holding off on purchasing something Mm -hmm. for that, I think. And also because we know that games are going to go on sale multiple times throughout the year that they come out. Especially a game like Elden Ring, which is going to undoubtedly be in the Game of the Year discussion at the end of the year. And be featured in all kinds of sales because of that, you know? So... Yeah, they might be wimpy sales, though. I've noticed that you get those. It might be like yeah, the year sales and it's like oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, they get you real good on that. Yeah, um, it's interesting though. What, what about you, Daryl? How do you feel about like this whole? We can use Elden Ring as an example, but it can really be any game that's like a major game that's coming out that's being talked about. And uh, how do you kind of navigate that scenario? Yeah, so like in the past, um, you know, Call of Duty was real big for me. That was like a game that I usually grab on launch day. You know, I'm at GameStop at midnight waiting to get into the store to pick up my copy. Because, you know, that was the hottest game everyone was playing every year. But uh, in recent time, I've kind of fell off of that and kind of 
taken like a new approach to how I play my video games. And like when it comes to like purchasing anything really, is this whole, and it, it might sound familiar to you, Colin, because you, you might have heard this at work a few times, maybe even <laughs> you, Eli. Um, I've kind of based it off of a needs versus want mentality. Right. So like, you what know. What do you mean by that? Elaborate maybe. for the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, needs versus wants. You know, there's there's all these things we want in life, but do we really need it? Mm-hmm. So Elden Ring, for example, you know, do I want this game? Yeah, sure. You know, I played Dark Souls 1. I had fun with it, and I'm pretty sure I can expect the same from Elden Ring. But do I really need it? No. Right. You know, how do you, I, how do you I, buy I, any games then? Is the question. How do I buy any games? Right, because yeah. technically you could argue you don't need any games, right? They're all just leisure activities and extra. Well, I mean, I got my backlog. That's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, you exactly. know, my, my, they're like, that's really the reason what it comes down to is like, do I want it? Yeah. But do I need it? No, because I have my backlog. You know, I, I've made poor choices in buying games that I haven't played for months, even years. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like where it, where it comes down to me. Yeah. For um, sure. I mean, there are like decisions I've made where I know I'm going to pick up a game. Like God of War Ragnarok, I'm definitely gonna pick that up on launch day. Mm-hmm. That's but a need for sure. you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's and we, and we've had that discussion. Need. Definitely a want. Yeah, it's a want and a need for that one. Mm, probably a need. Yeah. So so I think that's the point that I was gonna make is that we've had a discussion in the Discord a couple times with everybody where it's like, what's the couple games this year that you're like looking forward to buying at launch? You know, and if you and Ragnarok is one of those games that you listed, you're excited enough about it, you know, that you'll you'll kind of forego this whole needs, wants discussion, and you'll say, like, I'm going to get it. Because it's just, I've evaluated that this game, I'm excited enough about, it resonates with me enough that I want to play it at launch, right? And there's very few games, I think, for each of us that fall under that category. It's basically our most um, our most loved franchises. So... For me, it is no surprise. Everyone knows, like, my three favorite franchises are classic Halos, uh, Resident Evil games, and Dark Souls games, right? Mm-hmm. So Elden Ring, for me, kind of fits perfectly in there because it's like, well, it's my favorite franchises. Like, of course, I'm going to I'm going to play this game. It is a matter of when, and so fuck it. Like, I'm just going to get it now. Because for me, what, what I didn't want to have happen was like, okay, now all of a sudden this game is out, and I can't listen to podcasts for two weeks. I can't go on the internet for two weeks because fucking everything that I'm seeing is about Elden Ring, you know? And of course I don't have to watch that. I don't have to listen to that. But my routine is like, I listen to these creators every week. I, or I watch these YouTube channels every week or whatever. And it's like, for me, the value proposition was like, I want to be able to participate in these conversations. You know, I want to be able to listen to them and not feel like I'm getting things spoiled or taking away from the enjoyment. So I want to be there day and date um with elden ring but one other thing to bring up i think is the nature of FromSoft games in that they're very community driven right like there are so mm-hmm. so many secrets and stuff in these games that are only yeah. figured out with community like over time like no one knows what is happening right away when they jump into a brand new FromSoft game right like yeah, bloodborne like exactly yeah right it's like a new like thing comes out it's like <laughs> No, no, but I mean, you're right to some extent, right? With any expansion yeah. or something, it's, it's, it's new content. We're all trying to piece together the puzzles together 
we'll get into that a little later when I talk about the trophies for the game and just how it's a long game. And there's quite a few trophies on PSM profiles that have not been earned yet for specific mm. bosses or for specific endings um, and stuff like that. So, you know, if you want to participate and, and be someone who like tries to figure out some of these secrets, like you could legitimately discover something incredible on your own with no help within the first week of week of Elden Ring coming out just because it's so new. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's like part of why I wanted to pick it up as well. Yeah, for yeah. me personally, like, you know, I just barely started like my first from software game last year. So like, you know, for me to play the very first game and to want to play the most recent game, I feel like that's kind of unfair in my opinion, at least for me. Right. Because I haven't really played, you know, Dark Souls 2, 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, you know, compared to, like, all the people who are really excited about Elden Ring because they played, you know, the whole series. So that's kind of, like, where, you know, for me at least, I'm not really tempted to buy the game because I haven't really experienced this type of game. Sure. You know, that's, you know, all those games that have been out. So that's kind of like why I'm like, uh, you know, maybe I'm not ready to buy it just because I haven't played all these games that From Software has released. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, too. Like, if you're someone who's new to the franchise, like, do you pick up Elden Ring because it's so talked about and hyped up? Or do you do that, like, I'm going to go back and play the older games and lead up to the new one? It's just different for everybody. Some people don't give a shit and they'll just buy the new game, right? Um, I'm typically someone who likes to see the evolution of a franchise, so I like to play the older stuff and then play the new things um, after I've done that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess it really depends on the title. Like, I'm not going to pick up Horizon at launch, and so that game launched and, and was being talked about, and I, like, just blocked it. I didn't even care. I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'll see that game in two years on a sale. At some point, I'll pick it up then. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's funny too because I've been seeing memes out there where you know just a few weeks ago Horizon Forbidden West came out and mm-hmm. all of a sudden Elden Ring's out now it's like you know people are throwing the Horizon Forbidden West copies in the trash because they're going to devote all their time to Elden Ring and you oh, know, yeah. Horizon's just going to be swept under the road it's funny dude I was laughing oh I mean undoubtedly I would be pissed if I was Gorilla I think I was talking about this last night in the Playstation chat we have with some folks um, where I was just like you know, you're like from software is eating your lunch, bro. They totally stole the spot, the spotlight. Like since Elden Ring has come out, I've heard nothing about Horizon other than to say people making comparisons saying this Elden Ring game is how you do an open world game. And Horizon games, Horizon is another example of how modern video games are just like handholdy and boring and repetitive and maybe pretty to look at, but are not a step forward at all. And so I, that feels bad. <laughs> like if you're if you're gorilla or if you're someone who really was excited about Horizon, that's a little rough. Yeah. Just, you know, like consider that that's a step forward. Why? Why is not handholding? I think because it's novel. I think the argument they're trying to make is because it's novel. I don't know. Like again, I'm I'm pretty early on in. I'm like eight hours into Elden Ring. So I'm, not, I'm not. Like I'm not. I'm a new idea. It's novel in open world games to not tell you where to go, to not fill your map with markers and checkboxes and side quests and stores and icons. Like, none of that exists on the map in Elden Ring, even though there is a map in Elden Ring. But it's literally just a topographical map of an area, and it doesn't say, hey, the main quest is over here, 
here's a side quest, here's a vendor, here's an activity. It's like, no, you explore and you, you uncover everything on your own. You go wherever you want to go. The, you know, you might hit an area that's too hard, but we're not going to tell you that explicitly. That's up to you to decide. Do you want to turn around and go try somewhere else? Um, yeah, I wouldn't consider that groundbreaking and moving the genre forward. But well, but what other open world game has done that in recent years? I, I, I don't know. I don't know all the maps. and. You know what I mean? Like, just think about like, your experience playing Horizon and what that like, looked like on your map. There's not even a map in Minecraft, I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not really a new idea. <laughs> well, but, okay, Minecraft, which is a brick-building, um, I don't even know what to call that game. What genre would you call Minecraft? Souls-like, probably. Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, so, 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 so again, like, I, I don't necessarily say, I, I'm not saying I agree with everything, Anyways, but that's what I'm is being said. You know, that, yeah. that's, like, what people are saying. So, yeah. I feel bad for, uh, for Horizon. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i have heard the game is very beautiful to look at so that's cool uh elden ring is not so horizon's got that going for it um anyway, yeah, anyway. direction structure horizon's there if you don't then yeah i don't think that makes any game better or worse is all i'm saying for sure i agree with you on that and i think the experience is time like the investment is very different so like horizon i'm hearing the number of like 45 being thrown around for main quests and stuff like that and beating the game Elden Ring, um, ninety hours, maybe mm. maybe a hundred. Uh, so what? It, it's it's like for it's, the main quest. Yeah. Oh, Colin got himself deep, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Colin yeah, got himself deep. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, I'm already uh, I'm already eight hours in, so I guess I'm like maybe a tenth of the way done Jeez. in two days. So, anywho, let's let's move on. We're gonna come back to Elden Ring later. I just wanted to get your guys' take on that because. Yeah, we're we're gonna be coming up against again a few. The beginning of this year is stacked. I already said a couple of the titles, but you've also got like Stranger of Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy Origins. I mean, Stranger Paradise. You've got Forspoken coming out. Like, uh, you know, mm. so you have all these these games, and it's like it just feels so front loaded. And there was, you know, this year was supposed to be the backlog cleanup for a lot of folks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just wonder how that's all gonna play out at the end of it. Yeah. So. Anywho, uh, appreciate it. Uh, Daryl, you had a question you wanted to ask us. Yeah. So this question kind of came up, like, <clears throat> came up in my head, like, a few episodes ago. We were talking about, like, uh, you know, like, end game stuff and things like that. So it kind of popped the question into my head. So I got a question for you guys. Are you okay with doing end game challenges, like in Batman Arkham City and Days Gone, if they aren't tied to the Platinum? This kind of, you know, brings up the whole 100% discussion again. But it was something that came across, you know, during one of our episodes. That would yeah. be a cool question to ask. Yeah, definitely. Um, Eli, typically, w- w- yeah, what do you think? Typically not. Usually that, that platinum pops, hit start, save and quit, <laughs> close game. Dashboard, delete. delete. <laughs> yeah, so, it, Pretty much. Yeah. That's, the, that's the plan. But, uh, yeah, really, it depends on where the Platinum pops. I mean, some of them require you to do the end game challenges and, hmm. uh, you know, or how that's structured. Like, if it's if it's going to make your time easier getting the Platinum, maybe they're worth doing ahead of time. Uh, I guess that's not considered end game then, though, but, <laughs> like, the extra challenges that you don't really need for the Platinum. But yeah, if there's if there's like a ton of extra content after the platinum, 
probably not going to happen like 99% of the time. I I think I agree for the most part. Like the way I was trying to think about it was um you know how some games have like an in-game percentage tracker. I think we've talked about in that. or n in like i n sorry in game okay. uh percentage tracker like we've talked about that with spider-man and uh like spyro a couple other games so yeah. i i don't necessarily care if that in-game percentage gets to 100 percent mm. uh, is what i'll say like the platinum to your point eli is kind of what i'm going for and uh there's very few examples of where i do everything even if it's not required the only one i can actually think of recently is horizon because I was trying to just use those side quests on the map still to just get XP towards leveling up. I could have done mm-hmm. it in different ways. I didn't have to do the side quests, but I figured, fuck it, those are probably like the fastest way to do it. So I ended up doing all the quests in that game, even though I didn't need to. Um, See, that, that in, in-game percentage does the opposite effect for me. That makes me want to get everything. Oh, interesting. Like Ratchet getting the... Uh... I don't know if you needed to do everything in there, but they had a they had a tracker like that. And oh, that yeah. that's like yeah. it's more like in your face where it's like, oh, you're at 98 percent loser. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you're so close. You know, like, finish it. <laughs> but if there's just like something where it's like, oh, have fun and do these challenges with your upgraded stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm good. But right. then if they pop a percentage in your face, rub it in your face, then, you know. Fuck you. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do. I do see what you're saying there. Like, I know Ratchet, that's another good example, because I don't think you had to collect all the golden bolts, excuse me, for the platinum in Rift Apart, but I did it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Percentage tracker. Yeah, well, well, honestly, the reason that happened in that scenario is because I was watching an all-in-one, all-collectibles guide that was like 30 minutes for everything. And so I just followed along as I was playing and just they pointed out where all of them were. So I said, screw it. I'm just going to get them all. But that's a different scenario. It's a different scenario. I, I think that. What's a recent example I can give? I'm pl- I'm playing. We'll talk about it later. I'm playing Far Cry 3 Classic uh, as a cleanup game. And there are quite a few activities, side quests, and I guess just general things to find in that game that you do not need for the platinum. And I do not plan on doing any of that. So I guess the answer to your question, most generally speaking, Daryl, is no. I do not do that stuff. Gotcha. But what about you? Do you, you tend to do them? Uh, typically, I will if it's a game that I really enjoy. But it's like, it's a hard, hard swallow for me to do that. Because like, for, for days gone, you know, I really enjoy that game. But the end game challenges for the DLC, like this is a game that's like bothering me because it's not at a hundred percent. So I really enjoyed this game, and I convinced myself, and it's like you know what, just hundred percent it before you move on to another game. So I tried to do the end game challenges, and these are like, you know, challenges you'll see in other games. You know, like survive a horde for. You know, however long you can survive or ride your motorcycle, do these checkpoints, you know, the quickest time will get you the gold. Oh, yeah. Okay. And and stuff like that, you know, and I guess I didn't give it enough time, but I played it for maybe like an hour and I didn't like it. I did not like it. It really turned me off from wanting to play Days Gone and kind of made me think, you know, maybe the 100% isn't even worth it. Mm. Um, 
I kind of wish these end game challenges were tied into like the base game itself. Just so, you know, I don't have that whole dilemma like, all right, I got the platinum, delete the game now. Right. And compared to like, ah, oh, shit, you know, my my days gone is now sitting at 72% because now I got all these DLCs I haven't completed. So. Oh, so there, yeah. are, there are trophies for it. I, I see. So they just offer them in a DLC list. It's not uh, not in the base. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah so DLC like. DLC list, would be, I would say. Is a little more approachable. Yeah, I'm tempted my... to do it then, if that's the case. I thought you meant yeah. like there was nothing, like no reward other than just the number in game going up to 100. Mm -hmm. Nah, yeah, so that's my fault. Yeah, the wording, I meant like, you know, these end game challenges are tied to trophies. Ah, okay. They're, they're not tied to the actual platinum itself. Oh, I just see. Just additional DLCs for the game. Right, right. But yeah, like more, Days uh, Gone. Variables. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm curious to hear what you guys got to say now with the, the whole updated question. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, that's kind of like where I'm at. I think I'm closer to where you're at with with that new understanding. I think like. Like Horizon, I did that for because there was DLC, but I just don't. That's not normally me, I guess. Is, yeah, that was weird. It, yeah, like I don't normally do that shit like RE6. Uh, I'm not going to do the DLC for that game. There's no fucking way. Uh, RE5, I have the platinum. <laughs> And I played the DLC because they're story related, so I just wanted to experience them. But I'm not gonna do, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do the rest. And if I'm if I'm not doing DLC and RE or Resident Evil titles to get percentages, there's no yeah. way I'm doing it in other ones. <laughs> so, but you did it in Horizon. That, that's a, that's so weird. Yeah, bizarre. It, that was story though, and it isn't that related to the new game, kind of. I guess so. Like the part of it was just like, well, we had purchased with whatever sale we got the yeah. the complete edition, so I wanted to just do the DLC, and that was what a lot of the trophies were. Mm -hmm. See, that's than, the big. Yeah. Those are the big variables right there. Like, is it? Do you have to pay for these trophies through like a you know a season pass or another? Uh, you know, you got to pay for the DLC. It didn't come with the complete edition, and uh, that, and then like. Some of those DLC trophies can be like multiplayer trophies. Is that like gone to shit? Is it right. even worth it? <clears throat> or how hard are they? You know, that's like a whole. Yeah, exactly. Changes changes the decision a lot. There's a lot of variables with all that because, like Doom, the the original Doom 2016, not original 2016 Doom, just no no way for the DLC. Yeah, because the multiplayer's dead. I played a couple games to get the trophies in the main game but there's no way i was going to sit there and grind out the dlc for that right but you know like doom eternal i did get the dlc because they weren't online related and they weren't like super bad so yeah the, gr the grind was in the main game actually and then the horde mode came out which was actually decently fun but yeah, i feel like a horde mode in doom eternal would be that's like kind of it's bread and butter you know yeah yeah but yeah so those there's a lot more Depends. Depends on the list. Yeah, it depends on the game. It depends on on the list. Depends on if it's story or multiplayer related. Yeah, it's um, but generally no. Yeah, generally, <laughs> generally no. no. You know, I think from software games are another exception to that rule. Potentially, maybe not for me, but for a lot of people, where the DLCs in those games are supposed to be really great most of the time. So. Yeah, until the Bloodborne one's so fucking hard, I can't do the first boss, and then you know, that's that. Right, and um, <laughs> yeah, and well, and Dark Souls, the version that you played, Daryl, uh, had the DLC rolled into it. However, I don't mm -hmm. think 
you can correct me. I don't remember what you were saying for this in the episode. Did you have to go to that DLC area at all for the trophies? You did. Mm. Yeah, there was like, um, I think there was like a miracle. I believe that's what they call it. In oh, God. Souls one. Yeah, those fucking... you have to go to. Yeah. One miracle. Yeah, just one. Yeah, just <laughs> one. Wow. Okay. Well, that never mind. I was gonna say I don't think you had to uh, had to be. Well, at least there was no boss trophies for the DLC area. I do remember that. So, mm-hmm. like, conceivably, you could just run down there and grab the item and then just dip, <laughs> and then have that be your experience. So. Yeah, I think there was. Yeah, there's definitely the miracle, and I can't remember if there was like a boss like a boss item you needed to craft a weapon. I can't oh, remember. maybe. Because it's Artorias is who you fight down there. And Whoa, you dude. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to play that. <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. Wow, now I can't even play it, dude. Oh, my God. This whole thing again, dude. <laughs> really wrecked. It came dude. out in, like, 2011. <laughs> it's been 11 years since the game came out. Uh, yeah i'm gonna declare carte blanche that now that elden ring is out spoilers are starting for dark souls one okay and when and when the new whatever post elden ring comes out then spoilers for dark souls 2 are coming all right you just get ready okay (laughs) every new game that comes out one of the older ones becomes public domain all right uh carte blanche what do we need you want me to look up the meaning for you? I don't know how to specifically. Freedom to act as one wishes or thinks best. Yeah. Yeah. Carte blanche, carte shootery. Yeah, carte blanche. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? French. French, dude. I'm getting. Stephanie's taking French right now. Oh, she's... is that where it came? Oh. Yeah, yeah. She's doing, uh, well, she's doing Duolingo every night because for our honeymoon, we're going to go to Montreal and Quebec. So she's trying what? to brush up on her, her uh, French. Yeah. Nice. Dude, I haven't heard Duolingo in years. Dude, my mom does it every night as well. She's, like, really into it with her uh, Spanish. So she's been getting pretty good. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, anyway, though, so good questions, I think, to start off the show and get the brain juices flowing. I, I appreciate that, Daryl. Thanks for coming up with that one. And, uh, Eli, you know what time it is. Do you have dad, yeah, jokes? Yeah. Do you have dad jokes for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, well, they always make us change our passwords at uh, on our work computers and whatnot. Yep. But uh, I tried. I tried one the other day, but it said don't use it. it said uh, I typed in beef stew. They said they they said it wasn't stroganoff though. So. Fuck. Nice. Actually, really, that, that's a good one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> uh, all right. These ones are. This one's for you. Oh, okay. What do you call it when you have your mom's mom on speed dial? Hot mom. <laughs> Hot mom. <laughs> Was that the answer? No. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, dude. <laughs> uh, speedy grandma. I don't know, dude. Yeah. I, yeah. Instagram. Instagram. What's up, dude? Ah. Let's go. Uh, That's a good one. How does a computer get drunk? Something with a fucking pun around CPU or RAM or some shit. Oh my god! It gets RAM. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it takes screenshots, bro. Oh shit, dude! That snipping tool, dude, coming into play. <laughs> yeah, take a snip. Get a little snippy over there, bro. Take a snip of that. Send me an email. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are good. Those are good. Uh, this one, this one's for our work right now. Okay. 
What does a grape say when it gets stepped on? Fucking goddamn! I don't know. I, I don't... Yo, you got something. Some... Just, it just lets out I, a little I've wine. I never got anything. Oh, though. it just lets out a little wine, bro. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. Wow, you, you had some good right. ones today. All right, last one. Here. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. How do you how do you make a pirate furious? Um. Uh. Scurvy. Uh. Pirates. Parrot. Fucking eye patch. I don't know. Something. Something in there. Take away the P. Irate. <laughs> I'm irate. That's good. That's good. Went in a totally different direction than I was expecting. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Threw you, threw you a curveball there. Hey, good job, man. Good job. You know, some people would say that your jokes are trash. I'm not one of those people. Okay. I would say that they're great. Um, and to all the haters out there, fuck you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right. Thank you for the dad jokes. Um, if you are a returning listener to the show, you've probably heard this, but if you're new, we uh, we do want to take a second here to talk about the fact that we have a Patreon uh, that we would encourage you to check out if you like what we do and you want to support the show. So that's over at patreon.com slash trophy talk podcast. Over there, you will find various levels of support and tiers of, uh, of financial support you can give us if you feel like it. We would, of course, be very appreciative if you do. And uh, again, you know, make sure you check out the the Discord um, and all of our other info, right? Make sure you, you're giving us a look if you're listening and you like what we're saying. Or if you don't like the jokes, you can let Eli know that as well on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, with that, I want to give a special thank you shout out to all of our Patreon supporters over there. We've got Charles Bilby, the Sly G Cooper, Patrick, the or sorry, Pat the Trophy Hunter, Slugger, Be Down, Maximum Carnage, and Skrillis. So I want to thank everyone for your support of the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And uh, normally, we have quite a few Patreon-submitted questions each week to discuss and to go over. However, this week, a little bit of a lull, okay? And now I'm going to say, I reached out to the patrons. This is like we always do on a you know semi-weekly cadence. And I followed up and only ended up getting one. Because people are so busy playing Elden Ring, they don't have time to think of Patreon questions, all right? So we've just got the one for this week before we get into what we've been playing for the month of February. And uh, Daryl, why don't you read us in on uh, on this question we got for this week? Yeah, so the question we got comes from the Sly G. Cooper, and he wants to know, what are three companies that you think Sony should purchase and make exclusive to the platform? So this is obviously a, you know, a tie-in to recent acquisitions and mergers. We had Xbox purchasing Activision, which is a publisher, and of course we had Sony announcing their purchase and acquisition of Bungie, a developer, also a self-publisher of Destiny 2 to some extent. But yeah, so a lot of people are asking this, right? Like, how does how does Sony respond? Does Sony need to respond? Should they purchase anything? I think you'll hear different answers from, from different folks uh, on whether or not they think this is a good idea. I'm not going to say whether I think they should do it or not, because I'm not smart enough necessarily for that. But I will give you some ideas of uh, of of developers and publishers that I think they should go for. So I went, if they should go, if they should go, if they were going to, these are the ones I would target. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, and so the way that I approached the question was looking at uh, Japanese teams because Sony is of course a Japanese company. And I think that sort of a, like a combined effort with Japanese development studios and with teams, uh, you know, combining forces is, is kind of an interesting idea be, when you have something like Activision and Microsoft combining this this American 
powerhouse now exists, right, um, in the gaming space. So I was like, huh, what would this look like from a Japanese perspective? And it, what it came down to was Capcom, which is a, a publisher, uh, Square Enix publisher, and From Software, which is a developer. So uh, the reasoning, just real quick behind that, I think each of these teams have a history with Sony that would make them uh, viable candidates. It's not completely out of left field for any of these companies to become exclusive. And here's why. So Capcom has developed Street Fighter V, which was a PlayStation 4 console exclusive fighting game. On top of that, Capcom... Yeah, or sorry, Street Fighter is a game in Evo, which is the fighting game tournament uh, that's held every year and the whole circuit of that. And Sony has purchased Evo. So they have a stake in the fighting game community now. They have a stake in fighting game tournaments. And I think I would be very surprised if Street Fighter Six, that was teased recently is not a PS5 console exclusive. So you have some history there of doing exclusive work with one another. The, the downside, of course, to that or the, the counter argument is that Capcom releases their games on everything all the time for things like Resident Evil, uh, Devil May Cry, all that shit. So, you know, not saying know that's it's... like a bad Go ahead. thing, though. No, I agree. I just am that's saying what... it's not super. They don't only do exclusive work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't like these when these companies buy each other. It... The game's got all these like exclusive stuff, and I think it's kind of like. What's it really matter? It doesn't. Like, yeah. With the, with the like, what <clears throat> doesn't mean every game they make is going to be an exclusive, and it shouldn't. It, it would benefit them to release it everywhere. That's true. Very true. So it it would you know the panic around like oh no, mm-hmm. we can't play anything that you know it's you know it's a little uh, over exaggerated. I think. Yeah. No. That's that's a really fair point. Um. That, you know, they Capcom could be owned by Sony and change nothing about how it does anything. Like maybe Street Fighter would be the exclusive, but then everything else would still be multi-platform. So that would be the smart way to do it. Uh, yeah. my, I'm not a businessman. Don't well, take my advice, Sony. Well, no, but, but I mean you're right because <laughs> you know. like um, because with with Activision, the deal like more details have come out and they have said like you know yeah, 2023 and 2022 is Call of Duty or whatever. Uh, 2022, excuse me, is going to stay on PlayStation. Um, like, and there's, we have no, you know, Bungie has come out and said, like, we're not taking Destiny away from anything. We're not, like, not mm-hmm. releasing things to other consoles. So they're purchased and they're owned by these bigger companies, but it doesn't actually change much as far as the average gamer and what you get to play. So, yeah, you could do that. Um, Square Enix, I think, is an interesting one because they work, obviously, with a lot of different teams. You know, recently they've done things like the Avengers game, which was kind of a hit or miss, <laughs> depending on who you talk to. But then you have something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is was supposed to be a timed console exclusive with PlayStation, but it's still yet to come out on Xbox. And by the time it does, it's pretty much irrelevant, I would argue. Uh, you're going to have Final Fantasy sixteen out by that time. So, And Final Fantasy sixteen is also a timed exclusive for PS5. Their biggest franchise in Final Fantasy, like that's unquestionably Square Enix's most beloved franchise, is a, is a PlayStation exclusive. So there is a history there, I think, with Square um, to do something like that. And then the last thing I'll touch on is From Software. Even before they released Elden Ring, I think people were asking for this. And you have a couple hints at to, as to why maybe this would be a good partnership. Uh, number one, you've got the exclusivity of Demon Souls back in the day. It's One of their very first major hits started out as a... Uh, Sony console exclusive. And you've got, of course, the PS5 launch title, the remaster of Demon's Souls. 
which is not from software explicitly, but they, you know, they worked with Bluepoint to develop that game. And then you have a PS4 launch game or launch window game in Bloodborne, which is an exclusive. Uh, so I think, you know, the history is there that they've obviously had a lot of comfort working with each other over the years. And uh, yeah, so the, the only reason that that would be a no-go, I think, again, Eli, is that like they or not a no-go that they would not make it exclusive is because their games sell like crazy everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to see the success if- of Elden Ring and why would they not sell that on on Xbox? Yeah. And when it comes to a dev and you have a more specific like games, then that that's maybe when you start talking about like exclusivity. Yeah. Like like, yeah. From games are on PlayStation or whatever. But still I don't think that's the answer really. Well there is um there we do know that uh, Square is actually or not Square, FromSoft is actually working on another game plus Elden Ring that is not deem is not a Souls game. It's actually a Mech Warrior game that they used to make back in the day, which is basically a third-person action game when you're in a mech, kind of like Gundam. Uh, Armored Core, right? Yeah, Armored Core. Thank you. Thank you. So that would be cool to be like, hey, Armored Core is exclusive, but our bigger titles are not. You know, the ones that everyone we know is going to buy, not. Uh, and you're seeing oh. that with Xbox, where it's like Machine Games and Indiana Jones. Is that going to come to PlayStation? Sincerely doubt it. They're working like on a another. new Quake game? No. <laughs> so, go ahead. I'd like another Ninja Blade. What is Ninja Blade? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's a From Software game. Oh shit! It's like a. It's a. It's came out two thousand nine. I'm looking uh, it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. So it came out two thousand nine. So it's older. It's one of their one of their first games. Actually, no, I don't think it is. They have all those other like weird kingdom games or some shit. Oh, but anyways, yeah. Holy shit! Like, wow, dude, two thousand nine. Yeah, it's more like a God of War game mm-hmm. where it's like a beat 'em up. Mm hack and slashy kind of deal but i think it's a little more challenging than those uh typical like god of war things wow dude that same kind of genre i'd like to see one of those updated yeah that's this is cool I'm, i've never uh yeah kingsfield is the other franchise that from yeah. has done yeah there's actually a game that you can buy right now on your playstation 4 and 5 by from software that came out in 2000 called eternal ring which is a PlayStation 2 launch title, first-person fantasy RPG from them. I wonder how many people are going to buy Eternal Ring on accident instead of Elden Ring. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. It's the same company, so yeah, it's pretty funny. Is that um, a Kingsfield game? What's up? Is that a Kingsfield game? It is not. It's like a, it's, it's, I think it, lo- it looks pretty similar from what I can tell in terms of like how it plays, but it is not. So, yeah. Anywho, Daryl, what, what, like, and Eli, what did you guys like have for this for this question? I didn't want to. I just talked for way too long. Well, oh, you go, bro. Oh, hey, Eli. Yeah, those were. Uh, problem was, came on came on our little spreadsheet to uh, type in my answers, and uh, they were uh, they were your answers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I copy pasted them and moved on. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean. Yeah, I think those I think those are pretty appropriate and and things people would associate with Sony for the most part. Um, yeah. With those with those like couple of exclusives they they've had, so um, I think there's there's some of the most appropriate answers. Right on. Yeah. I mean, besides maybe they should get like McDonald's or Apple or something like that. You know. 
maybe <laughs> maybe Apple will buy from software and next that'll only release on Mac <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, well, how pissed would people be? Oh my dude, god, they because, would never do that. It would it would never get well. No, like eight thousand no. copies. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But Apple is a big enough player in the space that like they yeah. c- they could buy a couple studios. Like I'm kind of surprised they haven't yet. Same thing with like Amazon. You know, like fucking Microsoft bought Activision, but like it could have easily been Amazon. Like honestly, Amazon has enough they could buy PlayStation as a brand. Yeah, that so, would be kind of crazy. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, anywho, yeah, but uh, okay, so yeah, you liked those answers, Daryl. Did you have similar answers, or what'd you put? Um, my, I have some different, uh, I had different answers. Okay. So like for me, I think Konami would probably be a good choice for Sony. Oh yeah. Um, a great choice. When you, when you look at games that they, that they have created over the years, like Metal Gear and Silent Hill, I think those would be like really great games for the company, especially like Metal Gear. Like when I think of like PlayStation back in the days and like, all the OG titles like Crash, Spyro, Final Fantasy, you know, Metal Gear, I think is definitely up there with them because I remember seeing uh, Metal Gear at Blockbuster every time when I used to go there. You know, it's just on the shelf and I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm well, I, always, I was always interested in that game. Did you ever play the first one? Metal Gear I haven't uh, played, or whatever? I haven't played the first one, but I did play um, Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. Okay. That, that's the most I played, and I played a little bit of Phantom Pain. Gotcha, dude. I played the first one and I hated it. I'm pretty sure it's just Metal Gear, though. Yeah, Metal Gear. Oh, you're right. Um, Metal Gear Solid is different, but Metal, Metal Gear, Gear was like a Nintendo game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rough, dude. Oh God, Rough. I can imagine. Holy moly, I'm looking I, at I, gameplay I... right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a, uh... and I was like, I got it when I was pretty young, I think. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. None of that shit clicked for me, dude. I have no idea what the hell is going on. Dude. Yeah, you're like, I'm playing an espionage game? Like, huh? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> I mean, I had that experience with Metal Gear Solid Twin Snake on GameCube, which was a remake of the first game. And it was a GameCube exclusive. And mm. I, I played that game, but I, I don't think I ever made significant progress. Like, ever. <laughs> like, I had no fucking clue. Like, when you're 10, the idea of, like, a stealth-based like level yeah. like, i just it just it doesn't work you know that was not for our uh our <laughs> that age group, age group. no yeah, but no sure. konami is a great answer specific like i would be so excited if they came out and they're like hey we have an exclusive silent hill game on playstation like oh, like talk about fomo bro i'd buy that shit day one <laughs> yeah especially with like the latest success that resident evil 7 and 8 have had I think Silent Hill is definitely a, a good game for like Sony to have exclusive exclusivity to, mm-hmm. just because you know that f- whole first person genre is like real big and you know the horror genre type of games. And did you play PT back when they came out as a demo, Colin? I unfortunately did not. Um, this the PT demo was out before I played PlayStation Four. I was still on Xbox at that time. Got it. I did play it. And it was super scary, man. Oh, God. Yeah, I can, it was hella scary. I've seen YouTube videos of it, but I can imagine playing it was nuts. Yeah, and everyone was pretty hyped when they found out that was going to be like the next Silent Hill game. But, you know, here we are to this day. No new Silent Hill game has been out yet. 
oh, so stupid. By the way, when um recently at the Game Awards when they announced uh oh my gosh, Alan Wake two, that like trailer looked almost identical to the end of PT when they teased that it was Silent Hills. And so I got real excited for like 10 seconds and they're like, it's Alan Wake too. And I'm like, ah, fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> like, like, why are you going to do me like that? So yeah, I know. Yeah. We, we, and there's been rumors for years that we were going to be getting a new Silent Hill at some point. And I've seen nothing yet. So we'll see. Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, same as you, Colin, from software is a no brainer. You got successful games, Dark Souls, 1 through 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, Elden Ring. Um, yeah, that's definitely a no-brainer for Sony to try to snatch him up. And this one, I went with Warner Brothers Inter- Interactive Entertainment. Mm. Just because they have their hand in like so many different media franchises. So when you look at all the games they've produced over the years, you have games like Mortal Kombat. They've also dipped their toe in like the DC Universe with Injustice and a few Lego games tied to like the different DC Universes. Mad Max, Batman, Arkham series, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. That's only Shadow of Mordor is the only one that played, but they've also produced Shadow of War. So they they they've definitely been busy, and they have a lot of games under their handle. Mm-hmm. I think you know Sony should you know probably snatch them up as well. I don't. They definitely got a big price tag on them just because of all these well known media franchises franchises they've produced over the years. But sure. That would be huge for them if they can acquire this big of a studio. Oh yeah, pretty good, dude. Yeah, that's a that's a really great answer. Um, good answer. Good answer. Service <laughs> has. has. <laughs> so when you were when you were talking there, I was just thinking about how one of the you know so you, you of course get Rocksteady who's made the Arkham games and a couple other studios, uh, NetherRealm Studios who does Mortal Kombat and Justice is owned by Warner Brother. So those would be pretty big gets, but. You also get the the companies that make, uh, I think it's TT Games, but it's not Telltale. I don't remember. They're the Lego studio, all right? Mm-hmm. And it would be pretty interesting if they're like, like we talked about, NAR, where it's like, okay, everything stays multi-platform, but we are going to commission the Lego studio to make a Lego PlayStation Universe game with all the PlayStation characters and stuff over the years. Because... They're making a Lego Horizon set already. There's been rumors that they're making Lego Uncharted sets. So, like, the partnership is kind of already percolating. You know what I mean? That would be so sick. You know what I mean? That, that would be wild. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a, that's a good, uh, good call out for those guys, Daryl. I had not thought of them. Yeah, I'm oh, here. Okay, cool. All right. I just slipped into the yeah. multiverse, bro. I thought yeah. I just, like, disintegrated. Nah, I'm still here. Yeah, that's it for me. Konami, FromSoft, and Warner Brothers. Awesome. Really good choices, I think. Really good choices. Um, and thank you to uh, the Sly G. Cooper for submitting the question. We appreciate it. All right, so we're an hour in. Let's get into uh, what we've been playing, by the way. Uh, end of February, coming up very quickly. Two days left in this month, which is wild. So we've had a, a good chunk of time here to be digging into some titles. Um, who, who among you two would like to go first for what you have been playing? Um, I don't mind going first. I feel like I haven't really played a whole bunch. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I have been playing Control. Yes. And this is my most mm-hmm. recent Platinum. I finally hit that 50 
flat with this game. Nice, man. Yeah, so definitely getting up there. Next goal is to try to get 100. Um, probably won't reach that until like 10 years from now. <laughs> um, but it would be cool at some point. <laughs> it would be. It would be. I'd be up there with the high rollers. I'd yep. be getting there. Um, so control, um, just to start off, I really had low expectations for this game when it first came out. Um, but that all changed when I found out that I had won Game of the Year in 2019. So I was thinking to myself, okay, maybe there's something to this game that people like that I'm just not familiar with. And then, you know, I got intrigued a little bit more after you and Eli had played this game. You know, you guys have mentioned how well or how well you guys like this game. So it definitely had me thinking, okay, this is probably a game I need to play at some point. So that time finally came probably like a month ago. You know, I decided to play it. Um, Control. And I loved every part of it. It's a really fun game. I like all the lore that you can kind of dive into and read up on. The creepy atmosphere is definitely what I enjoy the most. You know, you just see these bodies hanging in the air, these hissing enemies coming at you. And just, you know, there's so much like creepiness in the world that I, I really enjoyed. And just the world itself was pretty cool. You know, all of this, it seemed real massive of a world. But all of it is just taking in this building. So it was real interesting to kind of explore this huge world in this small, you know, setting. And, you know, just from the very beginning, it, it was like I had to like read up on pretty much everything that the game offered. So like I was hearing like a bunch of terms being thrown out, but I really didn't know what they meant. <laughs> yeah. Like what like altered item, objects of power, astral plane. Like I really didn't know what the hell that meant. Mm-hmm. I felt like in order to answer those kind of questions, you definitely had to read up on the lore. So like all the collectibles in the world, anything you can basically interact with, that's how you can kind of understand the story a little bit better. And for me, um, I did that up up until the point to where I got the trophy. After that, I didn't really care that much anymore. They collect because, yeah. So I only collected as much until I got the trophy, and then after that, I didn't really do much with the collectibles. I would collect them, but I didn't really read them, just because you know I preferred the collectibles that had just you know a small chunk of info compared to like a whole memo that you had to read through. And don't even get me started with the ones that were heavily redacted. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. There's like four words on there. I'm like, okay, this was a waste of a collectible. You basically get no information <laughs> from those, you know, but you, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I, I, I kind of laugh, too. I, I did like, like, the random memos, like, you know, people getting trapped during, like, uh... <laughs> the lunch break like and a, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a building shift, or, like, people yeah. getting suspended for, you know, having sex in one of, like, the restricted rooms, stuff like that. I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny, yeah. Um, I did enjoy uh, the Threshold Kids, kind of, like, Sunday, uh, like, Saturday morning show, like... It was like really weird, but I kind of liked the whole effort behind it. it I, like yeah, that was my favorite collectible for sure. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, I had fun with the game. I really liked how versatile Jessie was. Like, she's got so many abilities to kind of get through like any sort of combat situation. 
like her launch was like probably the one that I used the most, just being able to pick things up and just launch them at enemies. Yeah. Shield was cool. You know, I found that very useful when I'm like being up against like a ton of enemies with little to no cover. Other table is also fun. You know, just being able to fly is always fun in any type of game. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like the combat in the game was pretty cool. It was like just. It was so. It, it was like a movie scene, man. It's just so destructive. There's so much going on. You see a lot of flashing things, explosions taking place. I like that. It, it, it kind of made me feel like I was in there at that very moment. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was fun. You know, it was fun. But the reason why I had to play this game was because of this infamous ashtray maze. Oh you yeah, know? dude. Uh-huh. You got you got uh-huh. to experience it for yourself. You know, you and Eli have talked about it, and it made me think, like, like, what's up? Like, why did they enjoy this? Yeah. So when I finally got to that part, dude, I was, like, super hype. I was like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> I'm finally at the part they talked about. Yes. And my first express, like, the first experience I had was, like, I thought this was a boss fight, because all of a sudden it's like, Jake, control. I was like, oh, shit, what, what the hell's going on? Oh, you're getting Is this the, a boss fight? Eli's music, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But I'm I'm probably gonna disappoint you. It really didn't do much for me. We hyped it up too much. We hyped it up too much. much. We hyped it up too much. He's like, oh, here we go. I'm getting to it. And then I was like, oh no, this is gonna be a bad. This is gonna end bad. Oh, that's such a bummer. I think because we came to it blind, like we didn't know anything about it. You know, we're just like, oh sweet, this is awesome. You know, but yeah, I get. When I had like, it was super frustrating to get there for me, and then so like it was kind of like even better. There's a payoff at the time. end. Yeah. 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 Like, I was really excited because you guys had, like, hyped it up. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be pretty dope. And I had seen, like, after I actually gone through that whole maze section, I went online just to see if, like, maybe it didn't really resonate with a lot of people. But they were all saying the same thing you guys said. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is really dope. This is fun. You know, like, the heavy metal music mixed in with the... You know, the control gameplay was really fun. I was like, dude, what the hell's wrong with me? I didn't have this effect at all when I played this. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, I liked the, I liked the song. Like, the yeah. more I played it, you know, I was like, oh, man, this song's pretty badass. But, like, when I actually played it and experienced mm. for the first time, it didn't do much for me. So I'm mm. sorry to disappoint you guys who actually really enjoy that part of the game. I mean, it, it is. It, it is, is what it is. I think it was a standout set piece moment, but it wasn't like by far and away the thing that I loved in the game. You know, and the things that I loved in the game were the the exploration of like the office building itself. I thought was pretty fun and and kind of interesting. Like the uh, the sort of random boss encounters that you would get doing certain side quests, I thought were really fun. And then the collectibles, like I told you, that was like my favorite thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention the collectibles, you know, they weren't so bad at the beginning. You know, I really like reading up on, you know, the different enemy types. And what I got the most out of the collectibles was like the different altered items that you can read up on. So like, you know, there's different items that you'll see throughout the game that are locked behind the glass window. And then you can kind of read up on them. Like, oh, why, why does the bureau have these locked up in the first place? Like, like what happened why, how did it become an altered item sure so those are the things i like that was like the, the two type of things i read just the enemies and then the items themselves those were like the things that i enjoyed reading the most about 
Yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, like X Files, or there's this show for a while called Fringe. I don't know if either of you have ever seen it, but it was like a sci-fi show where like they would look at paranormal events and find out like what actually happened. So very X Files esque, and th- and this game reminded me a lot of those two shows, which I do really enjoy. So that's probably yeah. also why I liked it so much. I never even thought of that. I, I've seen like maybe the first two seasons of X Files and maybe the first episode of Fringe, but it's weird. I never even thought of how the game and those TV shows were pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Strange. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I I actually didn't purchase Control. This was the PS Plus version that came out last year. So the PS Five so, one, right? Yeah, the cool. PS4, PS5 version. So cool. this version is actually the Ultimate Edition, which also came with the other two DLCs that were included. So I also played the two DLCs, the Foundation and then the AWE, which I found, you know, very enjoyable to play through because, like, once I got the Platinum, you know, I still wanted more of Control. So I was real happy to dive into these two DLCs. Uh, both DLCs are roughly four hours each, and... It doesn't really seem that long once you kind of play through them. Everything's kind of wrapped up fast, but, you know, four hours is like, wow, that, that went by pretty fast. Yeah, it's like two days of playing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, the Foundation, for example, this introduces players to, like, new abilities, and players have to prevent the spread of the astral plane into the oldest house because it's like, you know, the astral plane was kind of in its own domain and for some reason starting to bleed out into the real world. So you got to figure out why that's happening and try to figure out how to stop that from spreading. Uh, pretty cool. It introduces like, you know, familiar faces and uh, enemies you've encountered in the base game. And AWE is probably the one that I enjoyed playing the most because I have no idea who Alan Wake is. I've never played the Alan Wake game. And after playing this one, I definitely want to play the Alan Wake game now because it seemed pretty interesting. And, you know, there's a lot more things that kind of expands on that whole story if you're familiar with. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, the enemy in there is really fun to play against. It, um, I can't remember. Ah, whatever. But yeah, it, it kind of relies more on the Alan Wake game mechanics. There's not a whole lot of shooting that takes in pl- place in this DLC. So I think in the Alan Wake game, the flashlight is probably like your primary weapon. Okay. And yeah. <clears throat> so using the flashlight is what you use compared to like your, you know, your gun. I forgot what the weapon's called in Control. Do you guys remember? Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't, but it like transforms into different shit right like i can't remember what it's called either i think it's called the grip i i don't remember if that was the actual name maybe yeah Yeah. um but yeah you know that was fun i had fun with both dlcs i thought they were all really cool and it it was fun to kind of extend that joyride a little bit because i I was really enjoying control like super super big but you know my whole experience was a little sour towards the end and it came at the very end like, I thought everything up until that point was just good until the very end. And, unfortunately, I came across a glitch trophy. And I haven't had one of these in forever. Man, that it, is it rare. Sucked. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't hear me complain about glitch trophies often, but I did come across one, and it was called Vending Spree. Destroy four altar vending machines. Sounds easy enough when you read it. Right. But this is one of those RNG trophies, and um, on, on the PSN profiles, it's at 16.7%. Okay. But on the actual PS app, it's at 06 Oh, shit. So it is... Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's a kind of a dis- slight disparity there. But, you know, on my first playthrough, because I played this DLC twice, and I'll, I'll tell you how that whole pan- that whole thing panned out. But on my first playthrough, I was able to destroy one vending machine and fucked up next two because I either let it run away and it never came back or I got killed by another enemy. And then after that, I wasn't getting any more altar vending machines. Mm. And I was like running through the whole map for like two hours. Came back the next day, see if it might work. It didn't work. So I deleted the game, reinstalled. That didn't work. Um, tried a different method that I had read on Reddit. Didn't work. So the only thing I had to do was play the game all over again. Oh no. No way. Like the whole game the whole game? All the way up to uh, I think it was like chapter seven. So a good chunk of the game I had to redo. Oh no, dude. That sucks. I am so sorry to hear that. Yeah. Everything was great. But then, because of that, I had to play the whole game over again. I was just like, fuck, dude. Mm, no way. That is, like, probably one of the... Wow. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would sour the game for me. <laughs> it did. <laughs> yeah, and it really made that. me, like... It really made me, like, just like, dude, this game blows. <laughs> but, you know, I... <laughs> I still enjoy the game. It's probably one of my favorite games I've played so far this year. It's just that one thing. Um, but yeah, once I got to that part again with the vending machine, I went a Make different route. Make a backup route. save. <laughs> I actually didn't do a backup save. Oh my <laughs> I, God. I, I, I risked it again. I risked it again. I was like, you know what? This is going to work. And, you know, I'm going to get this trophy. It was the only trophy I needed too before I got the 100%. So what I did this time was to avoid having to, you know, have like, an extended fight with the vending machine because if you let it run around for too much, it'll disappear. So to avoid that whole thing happening, I turned on one shot kill on on the settings, and dude, that that was perfect because once I shot the vending machine, what it'll do is it'll kind of like activate itself, and then that's when it'll try to run away. But like if you're like unloading on it with the one shot kill mode activated, dude, that thing's not going nowhere. It's not going nowhere. Yeah. So that made my whole run perfect, dude. I would say in maybe like the first 10, 15 minutes, I was a little afraid because none of the vending machines were altered. So I was like, oh, dude, this is happening again. But Son like, of a once bitch. That, yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, that's, if it happened again, was... you just drop it at that point. I don't think you do. Yeah, there's no way you do, the, do it a third time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little for a stupid For a DLC like trophy? I don't know. <laughs> For a bronze, too. I, I'd do anything for a bronze, man. <laughs> but yeah, dude, like, nothing was 
I wasn't coming across any altered vending machines, so I was like, oh, man, I'm screwed. But then that first one popped, I was like, all right, all right, let's go, let's go. That that one bronze is mine, finally. And then, sure enough, I was able to get it. But, yeah, when if you ever, like, do that AWE DLC, I would say turn on the one-shot kill setting, and then that'll make things easier. Okay, gotcha. Um, wow, what yeah. a fu- what a fucking experience! So overall, though, you pretty are you like excited for um like or I guess does this do anything for you in terms of like I want to play the Alan Wake remaster or the new Alan Wake or anything like that because it's the same studio or like what do you, what do you think now? Because I actually th- I I was like pretty into this game and or into Control and I didn't really like Alan Wake when I played it that much like mm-hmm. so I think this is their best work um but it did make me more excited for their future projects. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to kind of play the Alan Wake game just because, you know, it's this is now a whole universe now. So the more I know, the more things will start to make sense and why things are connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Just like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, once they started branching out, all the movies were kind of like playing on top of one another and things were starting to make sense. Like, oh, oh shit, like these events happened because of what happened in this movie. So I kind of like to be in tune with everything so like i i do want to play alan wake just to familiarize myself with the story how the enemy and the aw dlc became the enemy like what happened to him like why they become that way right so there's a lot of questions i have that i think will help when i play alan wake but i'm definitely excited and i didn't know there was gonna be an alan wake too so considering you know the success they've had off of control i'm sure you know a lot of people would be happy to play the alan wake 2 game as well yeah i think so and and from what they've said i mean the game director has come out and said that alan wake 2 is going to be survival horror whereas the first where the first alan wake was more of a like horror action i guess game like and control is much more of just like an action game like the new one is survival horror so that's kind of interesting nice yeah yeah very cool. Overall, I had a blast with this game. This game, like I said, I had low expectations but out of it. But, you know, at the very end, dude, I'm so happy I played this game. It was fun. I had a blast with it. Uh, I would recommend this game to anybody to play it. Try it out. Yeah, that's a great call. I mean, I think Eli would agree. Like, it's one of the more fun and sort of... Uh, you know, total like trophy hunting packages that you can get on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Like it's a good game. It's a good list. It doesn't ask too much from you in terms of your time. Uh, yeah. So I would, I would agree. Agreed. Uh, so after, um, after I did control, it was really hard for me to find the next game to play. I was going through this whole debacle of like trying to find the next game i went back to wolfenstein try to do like what are you the doing? dlcs what are you doing? what <laughs> yeah the, the dlcs don't... guys yeah. no i'm not doing my leaving again i didn't even later. know that that game had dlc to be completely honest with you and the dlcs also have mine leaving trophies as well but they're they're a little bit more lenient you don't have to go through the whole dlc without dying you just gotta get to a certain section Eat that on mind leap and then the trophy's yours. Okay. But it's a little bit more digestible compared to just has to be to the like, section at the end of the game, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two hours worth on permadeath mode. Right. So it's a cheese? Basically. 
I, I'm assuming that's not that intended, right? I don't think I, I. I have no idea. Yeah, I feel like it is because if you played Mindleben, you know they they probably realize the amount of you know stress and effort you had to go to get it. So I figured that's kind of like the way to say, all right, we'll take it easy on you on the DLCs. Sure, but you know it's still gonna be hard. Interesting. Uh, yeah, what, what I, are the what are the DLCs like? What is it even about? Is it story related? Is it like more of a like wave based kind of thing or like like well, yeah, what? Yeah. Uh, there there are additional story missions, but I believe they focus on different characters. Okay. Um, but there are no characters I've come across in New Colossus, so maybe they're like characters from like the previous games, um, or they're just entirely made up. I really don't know. It, hmm. Yeah, I'm not entirely familiar with the the Wolfenstein series outside of the new Colossus game I've played. Yeah, I really think at some point, I mean, again, time is precious. There's too many games, but at some point, the first one should be on your list because it's it's quite good from a story perspective. And if you can beat the second one on Mind Leaving, you can certainly beat the first one on Uber difficulty or whatever it is. So nice. Yeah. Didn't really find much interest with Wolfenstein. Tried Abzu, because Colin, you were talking about it. I got bored with that. Um, it's two hours, though, for 100%. <laughs> it's so fast. Yeah, I got bored. Oh, the, my God. Yeah. The mechanics okay. at the beginning was annoying me. Like, I was trying to go down, but my camera was going down. And, like, it was, it, I was having a, a hard time with the mechanics at the beginning, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to find something else I'll play. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. Like, when I started playing it, I popped two trophies within five minutes, so I was like, well, I'm doing it now. Like, it's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> so. And then I, I tried to play a other couple games, and nothing really resonated with me. And then I was like, you know what? I picked up Deathloop last year on Black Friday. You know, I, I should be playing that game. So I started Deathloop, um, probably put in maybe like four or five hours already. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of those games I picked up just because of, you know, what you have talked about on the game, Colin, when you played it. Oh, God, that's a lot and... of pressure, dude. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I got to say, man, it was hard to get through it at the beginning. Yeah, you know, at the very beginning, it's really boring. It's really slow, and I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can get through this game. This game, this game might be a disappointment for me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you know, when I ran into you at work the other day, and we were talking about video games, I was like, "Bro, w- when does the game get good?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this game is not doing it for me. And yep. You mentioned it's like, all right, you just gotta get through everything, and then get through your first loop. Yeah. So I did that, got through my first loop, and then that's when the, the game started getting a little bit better, you know? I started picking up better gear, better slabs, better abilities, so... Yeah, things were getting pretty good. And right now, I'm at, like, I think I popped, like, 11 trophies so far. Cool. And I'm not really trophy hunting, I'm just kind of going through the slow, the story at my own pace. And, you know, trying to, trying to encounter, like, each of the visionaries... Uh, which I, I enjoy a lot in the game. Each visionary is pretty cool. They all have like their own different backstories. Oh yeah, and you know some of the the different slabs they have makes the game more more interesting. Like you know the slabs are your the different abilities you can pick up. 
and I'm, I'm having fun so far what, what i'm currently doing at the moment is just trying to go through like each area not really trying to you know i guess do too much i'm just trying to go through the level progress uh you know i'm, I'm encountering a lot of like combat scenarios where i'm just like alerting everybody in the area which i'm totally <laughs> fine with like i try to stealth it but like you know that doesn't really work so i'm ending up having to like blaze through the whole map just like shooting everything up and then yeah. like once everything kind of calms down that's when i kind of do a, a, a little bit more exploration trying to like say oh like you know maybe i can take this route on my next loop or you know, here's like an area I can explore. Maybe I'll have some information like, you know, oh, yeah, you know, you could go to this area at this time. There'll be something for you or like, you know, here's a here's a, a lock combo for a safe. So I, I'm doing like a whole lot of exploration just so the more I know, the more the, the, the loops become easier for me to play through. And that's exactly what you should be doing at four or five hours in, you know. It's unfortunate, like I was telling you at work, it's it's kind of one of those games where it becomes the most fun before you right before you beat it. You know, like your last like ten hours or so with the game, or five hours even, are like you're super overpowered. You've got all your slabs leveled up. You've got good guns. You know exactly where to go. You know what routes will take you to the visionaries without getting spotted. You know how to kill them all. And then it's like, cool, you beat it. <laughs> you know, like so it's um it's a little bit weird in that sense, but. Uh, I would encourage you to just be careful with going in guns blazed because you will miss dialogue options that uh, you have to overhear the guards talking about some things in order to get information like a password or an event that's happening or something like that. So if you alert everything and then kill them, then you're uh, you might miss on some of that stuff. So just just to be aware of that, yeah, the, your best friend is that key uh, that tether one i can't fucking remember the name of it now nexus Nexus, uh, yeah yeah that's your best friend and the nail gun is your best friend so it's like the silent kill and uh you just link up a few people shoot one in the head with the nail gun and then boom you know like you're, you're chilling and uh yeah. yeah eventually you'll start getting attacked by juliana a lot um i would recommend that you play the game in offline mode so that juliana is always an npc instead of a real player and then when you kill her, it's actually kind of nice because you're always going to get, she'll have a slab on her. So when you get a repeat of the same slab you already have, it gives you an upgrade for the slab. So it might be Nexus, but now the range is increased or the time that the tether lasts is increased. Or for example, if you have the shift slab that makes you uh, do the blink ability, maybe you can do it twice really quickly, or maybe you can do it further distances. So you want to... Um, you definitely want to be killing each visionary more than once uh, in order to get the upgrades that you want. So just a FYI on that. For sure. <clears throat> yeah, I was, um, I forgot that, you know, your encounter with Juliana will also drop a slab too. Cause you know, you read like, um, the tips at the beginning of like each loop, like, Oh, you know, I can oh, go yeah. to this visionary to get the slab of Carnesis. But I also get it from Juliana. I was like, oh, cool. So you can get it through her. Yeah, so it's pretty it fun, actually. Cool. Yeah, going up against her is pretty fun. And then just the, you know, the audio cue that Juliana's in the world was kind of frightening at times. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it kind of sounds like the next round of the zombies mode. Yeah. 
It does. <laughs> and it's always at the worst time, too. You're like, okay, I'm being super stealthy. I just got to get... Oh, God. She spawned in. And then she, like, spots you right away. And, like, start, or she starts shooting you. Everyone starts shooting you. Yeah. It, um, it's fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the game's, the game's getting good. I'm enjoying it so far. I really had a hard time with it at the beginning. But, um, yeah, if you're encountering that same issue like I did, or the very beginning is boring, and if you're having doubts if this is, like, a game even worth playing, just give it time. Just like Colin said to me, just get through that first loop first, then the game gets good. And that's when you can start infusing, like, your different slabs, trinkets, weapons. That way you can keep them you know for the next loops yeah um but yeah it's fun i'm liking it i just need to find more time to play it because i think like every night i only have like half an hour to play and then you know the game's just spread out over so much time that's like okay what happened at the very beginning because i don't remember the story no more yeah 30 minutes is like you be- you can basically do one map yeah you, you know um I would, yeah, it's it's best played in chunks of, like, two hours, I think, which I know is hard sometimes for people to find the time, but that allows you to do, like, one full loop, you know, like, that is, that's, like, the ideal scenario, uh, yeah, and then otherwise, it's just, I don't, I agree with what you're saying as far as, like, it takes a, a little while to get going, I don't think that that's necessarily great of the game, so you could definitely hold that against it, but there's a lot it has to teach you about how the game works and so effectively the first loop is a tutorial the whole first loop so once you get through that you've kind of been let free and you can change the time of day you can go to different maps in whatever order you want you know if if you don't kill all the visionaries in the loop whatever you just you take what you learned and what new info you got and new gear and you just try it again so uh yeah get through the first loop and then have fun yeah, right now, um, I'll say this for the very last thing on this game. Um, the the next thing I'm really trying to do, which I'm pretty excited about, is trying trying to get to the point where I can manipulate events to where I can get two visionaries in the same location. Correct. Which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. It's like, all right, I'm getting all this info. Like, okay, you know, there's a way to get these two to link up. But I just got to figure out how to do it. I'm pretty excited about that. Yep. Because, yeah, like, there's eight visionaries, I think, um, and you only have four periods of the day. So, yeah, you have to double them up at various events or else you'll never beat the game. So, yeah, you're getting there. You're moving You're moving towards it. Yeah. Pretty excited. That, that's pretty much for me. That's all I've been playing. Those are good, good games. I mean, Deathloop and Control are both really, uh, really solid picks. So, very nice. Uh, Eli, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been, uh, I'm officially sucked in. Okay. Playing some, uh, some Minecraft. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I you uh, say Elden Ring for a second. It's like, what? I think, <laughs> I, think I've, I mentioned on the last one, I was like, kind of like dabbling in mods. But now I'm, I'm fully engrossed. There's, um, so this Curse Forge is, it's kind of a PC thing. So, sorry. Sorry, guys. You okay. can hop in the Discord and talk your shit. But um, the the Minecraft on CurseForge has 97,663 mods. Are you kidding it's me? It's absolutely insane. It's insane. Like, the, the next highest one is World of Warcraft, has 9,547. Oh, my God. And everything just goes down from there. That is but yeah, so many. It's, yeah. It's absolutely insane. And uh, it's it's pretty fun there there's so many fun things to do 
that that just changed the gameplay and experience um like so much sometimes that you forget you're even playing minecraft like you can go to the fucking moon for god's sake dude <laughs> that's pretty cool it's you can a, go to the moon it's a huge open world basically at that point yeah it's it's wild dude there's like tool to make better tools agriculture you can like grow any item in the game hmm. you can grow like essences of pigs or ender pearls or whatever you need um there's like magic things that you can become a wizard spells alchemy brewing cooking they've like all these crazy cooking mods where there's all kinds of different like uh you could literally play that game as like a cooking sim not so crazy like dude. hundreds of different foods yeah wow like power steam power jet packs storage networks managing colonies they even have stuff where you like you like build a colony and you're like basically the mayor it's like sims i guess yeah um tiny colonies that like are in a block basically that you can uh you know and on a smaller scale there's guns dimensions on automated smaller beam. scale dimensions yeah well it, <laughs> yeah. i'm saying like in tiny colonies you can have like a colony in a block oh. like in one block and like yeah oh uh, instead of like full colonies that are like uh life size in minecraft or whatever yeah what dude there's even like uh <laughs> there's this one like, compact machines i think where you make a machine and you enter that and there's like it creates a new world you're in that's the size of the box that you made in the real world what and then the you can fuck? like build you could build like uh, a farm or like an automated farm in there and it would only take up one block in your world because it's built inside this block that's another dimension that is uh really tough to wrap your head around but i think i get what you're saying yeah yeah it's pretty wild uh and then there's like dimensional dungeons where you can like go through these special portals and get to different dungeons or you know different worlds uh which some of the worlds are like it's like it's basically a whole nother minecraft where uh you know there's different wood there's different ores you can basically start over again uh there's different bosses um yeah so automated bees engineering power lines smelteries foundries dude it's it's insane dude dragons you can ride dragons wow D different biomes yeah there's a lot of quality of life changes too rings amulets structure generation all kinds of random stuff so, so let me uh, this is not available on playstation right the mods no. that you're talking about it's only a pc version yeah so you do have to have the java edition of the game okay and uh because you can buy the Microsoft, I forget, from the Microsoft store, you can get the regular Bedrock version, mm -hmm. but you need to get the Java edition of the game to be able to install mods. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, we were talking about that other one, the Blood Moon last night, that there's all kinds of different, like, difficulty ones that, there's one that, like, as time goes on, the difficulty gets harder. Uh, improved AI, custom boss, it just, it never ends, dude. It's It's insane. It'd be cool if they brought over some mod stuff like that to other games. I feel like they they do have. Um, you mean to like the yeah, like on PlayStation Rock version? Well, yeah, they, I mean, just like yeah, it'd be cool if they have that option. Mm -hmm. They do have in the store. You can buy like kind of modded stuff. Okay. Um, there's like you know different worlds and uh, parkour stuff and. Um, I haven't explored that too much because you do have to pay for like, dude, all this stuff is free. 
Yeah, that's ninety thousand mods that are free. Yeah, that's insane. It's the it's the best thirty dollars you could ever spend in gaming. I guarantee you that. It was thirty dollars for the edition or three? What'd you say? Thirty. Thirty. That's still pretty fucking reasonable. I, or no, twenty six maybe. I don't know, but no more than thirty dollars. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, it's like a you know, it's like a soul. It's really relying on the community <laughs> to figure everything out. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's the communal well, yeah. aspect. Mm -hmm. That's what's really kind of crazy about all these mods and some of the power stuff and, um, you know, the magic magic stuff. There's one, you know, you got to get these special glasses and find a special uh, biome in the caves, and then you can get the blood moon frock and you know start doing a. Uh, evil magic oh, dude it's fucking insane and it and there's not a lot of explanation but some of them do have quests which is uh i found this good one that i'm liking this uh roguelike adventures and dungeons mod okay. packs because there's uh there's packs as well where people uh put these together um with as well as like data packs because that's just mods there's data packs there's add-ons, there's customizations, all kinds of other stuff where the data pack kind of just changed like one thing about it. Okay. You know, like kind of like the YouTuber thing, like Minecraft, but OP items drop from dirt or pigs or you right, know, right. I die if I touch water, shit like that. Right. Like little tweaks to crafting recipes or something. But then people put these together into mod packs and um, this roguelike adventures and dungeons is... um got a really good quest book for all the different mods and i've kind of been using that as my my checkoff box thing like trophies were where like you know do these different tasks you get rewards this one even gives you in-game items and gold and has like a store you can spend your gold on to do this yeah jesus so, yeah so wow. it's a little more rewarding uh but there's other ones like this rl craft that's even more like souls where you have body uh locational damage where if you get headshotted with an arrow you're dead oh wow holy crap <laughs> and, yeah and and the crafting recipes are changed to where you can't you have to pick up rocks or flint throw that on a stone that gives you flint shards okay then you have to uh use that flint shard with a stick to make like a, a little knife then you cut grass with that knife and you get uh like fiber and then, and then you can use another flint shard with the stick and the, the um, fiber, and the fiber, and you can have an axe, and that's how you cut down a tree instead of going up to it and punching it. Ah. So it can get like, yeah, it can get like super realistic and yeah, it's uh, much more of like a that kind of reminds me of like the forest or like Stranded Deep or some of these other like survival yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's called RL Craft. I think you should look it up. It's pretty. There's a lot of funny shit with it because it's it's the Dark Souls of um of minecraft it's like, like the I'm hard sure it's the hardcore mode yeah you'll spawn and you just dragon burns you you're dead R random to respawn maybe it's in a pool of lava maybe yep. it's not yeah but <laughs> yeah and uh there's all kinds of crazy um monsters as well in that one um but yeah just exploring all this stuff has been my my current addiction if you will that's so. cool yeah well, we miss you on PlayStation, but you gotta come over there, play some, I, play I some Minecraft. No, play some Minecraft on PlayStation. You earn some trophies in it. Can't get mods, dude. Yeah, but you can get the platinum. It's uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all. That's I, I will the, say. You can get the platinum in it real quick, and then just go back and play on PC. You you've been um, I'm, I might I might get Elden Ring. Oh well, you just wait, brother. <laughs> you you but, just wait. 
talking about all these games coming out, dude. Monster Energy Supercross comes out on <laughs> of the official video game five. Don't comes out. Don't March March sixteenth, dude. Do not spend your money on that. <laughs> when Horizon and Elden Ring and Gran Turismo is coming out, and oh my yeah. god. But uh, no. no, I mean, if you're excited for it, you should get it. That's like that's like taking no. it back to the roots for you. It's kind of like a joke. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Elden Ring. I don't know. I might. Uh, it is. I don't know about it's like the FOMO thing, but it would be kind of nice to play it with uh, while you and and a couple of other people are playing it. Yeah. Kind of cool. Th- I mean, that is sort of like the best part about doing it right now is like, oh, I'm stuck on this area, or like, where did you find this thing, or you know, like. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to not spoil things when I'm playing for other people, so vague descriptions or like oh have you checked this area of the map or stuff mm-hmm. like that you know i don't want to like spoil it for people and I obviously don't want other people to do that for me either but um but yeah we'll help you out dude if you decide to to join us so yeah yeah but either way i'm glad you found uh some more stuff to explore with with minecraft it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving yeah i even tried to make my own mod <laughs> did you how did that go it went okay it's uh there's this program called M Creator. Okay. That is uh it's basically like programming for dummies. And so you can just go in and it's like I want to make an item and so I made um what I make? I made a, a hammer that allows you to take ores and crush them to dust and then that dust you get two dust per ore. It's basically an ore doubling mechanic. So you take your ore smash it to two dust and get two ingots from that but it was pretty is pretty simple and it's not very in-depth and you can't do a lot of the things that some of these mods have you know but it, it, i was thinking of at some point i'd like to make some silly thing for zayden where he has his own ore that gives him like speed or something oh that'd be cool and, I, and then i'd make one for myself that gives us extra strength and we can just use those two little things to to beat the game or something like that fun but that's a good idea. No, no programming for me. Yeah. Um, that will leave that to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it, yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. It's not very fun sometimes. <laughs> you might, you might want to check this out. And, uh, cause I mean, there's 90,000 of them. People are doing it. There's probably all kinds of information for it. You could probably program, you know, it, I think it's very simple. That's why it's so popular. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the thing is I'm definitely not at the point where I can program like the game shit right now but it's yeah for sure i'll take a look at it, it no it, not it the m creator look that? at like just a regular minecraft mod oh like you could probably you would be the one that could take it a step further okay i see what you're saying there is i guess there is actually a programming tab in m creator hmm. where you can edit the script whatever the hell you call it yeah but i just that's something i would ignore but you could use that hmm. yeah. that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. well shit Maybe, maybe if you check out Elden Ring, I'll check it out. All right, I'll make you that deal. 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 Make you that deal. Absolute deal. <laughs> yeah, make you that. We're doing I'm it here. I'm holding you to it. Virtual shake. Virtual shake right Virtual here. Virtual shake. Yep. Good sir. All Good right. sir. Good sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I um, yeah. Let's let's talk about Elden Ring a little bit because we're getting to almost you know we're not too far away from two hours here, and I want to make sure we keep the show to a, a good length. I have been I've been playing a few other games. I just want to quickly touch on the fact that I did finally complete the Umbrella Chronicles, uh, the Resident Evil on Rails shooter arcade game. A hundred percent of that guy is uh, through PS Now, and it's uh, it's great if you're a Resident Evil fan. It's difficult. It is uh, a fun, digestible, fifteen twenty minutes at a time sort of game. 
but I had to get S rank on all of the levels, which was tough, and collect all of the the what are they fucking called? Uh, the collectibles, the archives, the archives in the game. So now after doing that, it is uh, I have three trophies from this game on my top five rarest trophies on PSM profiles, which is pretty amazing. And some of those. Uh, or about one or at two point something percent. So clear the special stage. Zombie Smackdown is at two point three two percent on PSN profiles. So pretty rare. I got that guy. And uh, archive collectors at two point six two percent. So I got that guy. And get the all powerful weapon at the end of the game is at two point five six percent. So I got that one as well. So yeah, pretty awesome. Uh, I'm happy to be done with it, but it is worth quite a few race points as well. Remember, if you're interested in the race, go check out the Discord, and you can uh, find the rules there. But yeah, it's it's great. I got to play a new Resident Evil game that I hadn't played before, so big fan of that. I also have jumped into Far Cry 3 Classic Edition. I think I alluded to that earlier in the show. This is a, a 3 out of 10 difficulty, one playthrough, 25 hours probably, 20 to 25 hours. And it's an open world game. So you're like, how is that possible in 20 hours? Well, it is an older open world game. So it's not so bloated, so big, and so massive that you can't actually complete it in a reasonable amount of time, which is what made me want to check it out. So this game was at a 1% for me previously in my backlog. I had like picked it up on sale. I think it was like $3 when I bought it, maybe even two. And I played like the first mission. It was like, meh. I don't know about this, and then left it, <laughs> and so now I'm at like 34%, I believe. Let me just double check. 35% in the game. So I'm coming, you know, I'm coming along in it. I I do plan on platinuming it, and I don't know exactly when that's going to happen. Since Elden Ring has come out, this is going to be on hold for a little bit. But it's a very different game. So if I'm in the mood for something a little more kind of just chill and run around, uh, I think I'll do this. And the trophy list is very simple. Like I said before in the show, you don't have to find all the collectibles. You don't have to find all the radio towers, which are kind of like the... They're, like in Assassin's Creed, you climb up objects to get views of the area, and it unlocks the map for you. You have that same mechanic here, but you don't need to find all of them. You just need to find nine of them. And I think there's like 20, so not bad. You only have to find 60 of the 120 collectibles, so that's not bad. And you can buy maps from the the vendors that put the location of the collectibles on the map so that makes it very simple and then there's just some miscellaneous combat trophies and beating the game again you don't have to do all the side quests you don't have to clear all the map you don't have to do a lot of the things so this is a fun one to go for if you just want something very quick and easy and understandably so it is it is like that because let me tell you the platinum percent on psm profiles is 40.5 so very high uh very easy platinum to get and then I've also been playing a bit more of Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, which is the DLC for Borderlands 2 that is teasing the new Borderlands game, the Tiny Tina's one. And this game is a bit annoying because it is so grindy for a couple of the trophies. But from a casual perspective, I do think it's quite fun. I'm at 57% on this one, and I can get a couple more trophies uh, relatively easily without having to get into the quote-unquote grindy part of the game. So I will also at some point be getting this. It is it is still on my dashboard on my PS5, but I just wanted to update folks. I've beaten the main game. I've done the raid. Uh, thank you, Skrillis, for helping out with the raid and a few of the other items. And I've done almost all the quests in the game. I think I have four or five side quests left, which will get me a trophy. And then it's just about leveling up and uh, 
One thing I wanted to say, there's a trophy in this game for the chubby. We talked about it last episode where we were speculating on the trophy list. And you have to get this enemy to spawn, and it's a really rare spawn. Apparently it took Skrillis, a member of our Discord, I don't know, 6 to 10 hours of just reloading an area over and over again to even get him to spawn. And that's, unac- and that's unacceptable. So What? Yeah, and that's on the lighter side. Some people it takes 20 hours. Some people get lucky and they do it in 30 minutes. It's completely random, and it can only that's happen with one class of enemy in the game. So I think the percentage, he said, is a 0.5% chance for it to spawn. <laughs> Yep, and they make it a gold trophy, of course. I mean, so, yeah, your completion percentage will always be in the 80s until you get that, which is great. Yeah, there's always been that kind of trophy in the Borderlands games. The RNG (laughs) in those games is just absolutely bonkers. Right, and I understand that it's kind of what the game is based around, is this idea of, like, oh, this gun is the same gun you already have, but very slightly better because of, like, the RNG on the damage values, but... I I think it's stupid to have that be that hard to find. I, apparently, when you played this DLC as part of the base game, there are other enemies that can spawn as chubbies in the in the normal Borderlands Two game. So it's may it's like way easier to get. But if you're mm-hmm. only playing it as a standalone, there's only one enemy that can have it happen. So you're kind of fucked. Um, Interesting. So word to the wise, you know choose when or how you want to grind that out or if that seems like something that's worth your time but that's the one that is for sure the trophy in the game that is the most annoying to do and i also wanted to real fast before we get into elden ring uh the issue with far cry 3 classic is it runs at 30 frames per second even on ps5 so if frames are a big deal to you and it's a shooter so it's kind of important that it runs well um it is 30 frames so just well it's also an old game it's not like it's running bad no, but they re- they remastered it as the classic edition, and so they mm-hmm. didn't do that when they when they remastered it. So that kind of bothers me, um, because this was a 360 game, and now it's running on PS5, and I can't do, can't do 60 frames. Come mm-hmm. on. Come that's on. pretty weird. Yeah. Okay, so that's enough of that. Let's get into Elden Ring. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much for you guys in terms of like the specifics of the story, in terms of really a lot because i think this is one of those games that's best experienced on your own but what i can tell you is that if you're familiar with dark souls it's going to feel like home to you the combat is largely unchanged from dark souls 3 it is a bit more slow paced than sekiro and bloodborne so eli it's not like super super aggressive right like bloodborne was you will need to you will need to dodge and or block things um, I'm choosing to go a dexterity build, so I have a samurai sword and a bow and arrow, and so I'm I do have a shield, but I'm trying to get rid of it. I picked it up because I think the early game it, it's kind of needed for some sections, but I'm hoping to not have to use it as the game goes on. Yeah, what are your so, what are your options? Because that sounds like something. That sounds like my path: dex, like bow and, and uh-huh. like a quicker weapon. Correct. But what are the other options? So you have your typical gambit of options, right? You have a, a priest or a healer class. And I, I'm not going to get the names of the classes right because, I again, I media blacked out on this. I didn't look at any of the guides. I'm not looking at YouTube videos right now. I am just playing the game on my own. So I'll tell you the rough archetypes, okay? So you have your priest class that you can do, uh, just like Demon Souls. You've got your mage class that you can do effectively and there's a couple versions of that um then you also have a strength build that you can do a dex build that you can do and uh 
Yeah, I mean, it's a basic basic Dark Souls game. You also have, like, the, the, the Wretch, which is the class that doesn't start with any specialization and no equipment, which I don't recommend that you do. Uh, someone did that in the Discord, and I don't think that was the right move. <laughs> so, anywho, <laughs> um, yeah, you when you're picking your class, you'll see all the stats and all the attributes for those stats. The reason that I picked the Samurai is because it had high dex, had high endurance, had high uh, vitality, so good strength, or mm. sorry, good weapon damage, basically, with, with good evasion and decent health. And then the other thing is it actually had a not-too-low statistic for your uh magic stat so if i ever wanted to use spells i wouldn't have to play catch up and level up that thing like 10 times you know so i was like okay this is a pretty decent starting class to go for and it started with a bow and arrow too so so that's what i did um the beginning of the game is largely a tutorial the the first like 45 minutes which is pretty unusual for for dark souls games to actually have like a tutorial section but you, you get through it, and then the game becomes the open world that you've seen in all the imagery, I'm sure, and in all the trailers. And it is beautiful. It is a great-looking world, but it does stutter. I want to call out the fact that this game does not run well on a PS5, and that is really surprising. I know it's a cross-gen game, but Demon Souls ran better and looks better, and it's just kind of weird. So I don't know if it's going to get patched at some point for the performance, but I'm getting frame dips again on PS5, which is very odd. Uh, the consensus right now is that the, the game plays best if you buy the PlayStation 4 version and then play it on your PS5. That's how you'll get locked 60 frames, which seems very strange. So, Well, I was just looking at it, and it only, uh, it only offered like the 4 or 5 version. It didn't have a specific right so you you get four or five version. you download the four version and play it on your ps5 oh do you it puts both into your library yeah you get options you get or uh, access to both yeah interesting yeah so i mean that's like the one negative thing i'll say about the game is that it i don't think it runs very well for a, a next gen title like when you compare it to ratchet or to horizon i'm sure or to uh death or other, you know, Returnal, like other PS5 exclusives, it's um, yeah, it's lacking uh, there. So you're, that, that that's a masterpiece. Yeah, that's a masterpiece to me, right there. Right. So P and and again, this brings up the whole discussion. The game is getting 97 or so on Metacritic right now, which you can put stock in or not, depending on how you look at reviews. I think it's a useful tool to say. Generally, people think this game is amazing. Uh, for reference, a 97 on Metacritic, if it ends up staying there, puts it in the top 10 games of all time, ever. And uh, that's incredible. So when you start seeing a stat like that, you're like, even if there are things wrong with it, this game is worth you checking out at some point. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it doesn't run well, whatever. Aside from that, it's everything that you want in a FromSoft game. You know, it's great character design, great boss design, really beautiful like monster design as well. But you add this mechanic of the map is open to you from the start. The game does not tell you where to go. It doesn't tell you that some areas are too high of a level for you. It doesn't tell you that, hey, these little side dungeons and stuff are good ways to get upgrade materials. It doesn't hold your hand at all. It just says, here you go. You're out in the open world. Here's a map fragment. And uh, this is the rough general direction of the next story event at the start of the game. It says, you want to go north. And you're like, okay, like, fuck, I don't, I don't know, whatever. And then it lets you go. 
and I've been playing for about 10 hours. I have, or sorry, eight hours, I think. Yeah, eight hours. And I've gone uh, through the first major boss, I would say, of the game. And then I stopped and went back to the opening area and just explored the countryside surrounding it. And the map, yeah, like, is way bigger than I thought it was. It's incredible. Go what ahead. happens if you go south? So south, you hit the ocean. But you can go east and west to some extent. So I went, ended up going east and just filling out the map last night. And then from there, I found a whole new area I didn't know that existed. Found another boss and got a trophy for killing that boss. And yeah, I also found this like elevator. This is like an anecdote. I found an elevator that kept going down. It was so deep that I thought the game was like broken for a second. And then it opened up a brand new map when I got underground of a whole underground world that is a separate overworld map from your main map. So think about that for a second. It's like insanely big. Um, one of the cool things too that they've done is that they've added caves and catacombs as like types of dungeons. So out in the open world, you will find crafting items. You can craft now, so you can craft your own arrows, you can craft heals, you can craft like different applications for your weapons, like the fire damage and fire paper and stuff. They've added all that in. There's animals for you to kill. There's wildlife that you can use for crafting stuff as well. And then around the world, there are like things on the map, but it's not like a, it's not like a traditional open world game like Horizon, okay, where you're going to be like, here's a settlement. It's marked very clearly on my map. It doesn't look like that. It's like, okay, there's some ruins on this map. I can tell that there's like something there, but it's not telling me what it is or, or like, and I can't, you know, see any info about it. And you get over there and you might search the ruins and you'll find a trap door and that trap door will open and you'll go down there and it'll be like Stonefellow Catacombs. The name will pop up on the screen and you're like, huh, this is weird. What is this? And it's just an optional dungeon. And then if you get to the end of it, there's something, there's a reward of some sort and a, and a boss fight. And I've probably fought like 10 bosses already and only two of them have given me trophies. Which means that because the list has almost entirely boss-related trophies, that mm -hmm. there is probably 100 bosses in this game. There has to be. Like, and I don't, I don't know how, like, it's, it's insane. So my first eight hours have been largely spent exploring the nooks and crannies of the opening areas of the map, trying to find all the caves, all the catacombs, all the tunnels, um, different random boss encounters in the overworld. There's a day and night cycle now, and different things happen depending on what time of the day it is. Some bosses only appear at night. Some NPCs only appear during the day. Um, yeah, it, it is cool. And they've, they've done some quality of life changes to where, like, you still have your Estus Flask, but if you kill a group of enemies, like a mob, uh, you'll get a charge or two back so that you don't have to always be like, fuck, I used three heals, now I need to go rest again and everything respawns. Like they, they give you ways to continue to push into mm. the unknown without having to stop. And so it's like the, yeah. the blood vials they drop from the enemies or you, they just charge back up? Or right, so you have a flask and it, let's say it has five charges. Um, when, you, when you're killing a, a camp of enemies, let's say you use two because you get hit a few times, well, when you kill the camp, you might get an extra charge back. And that's the game okay. saying, like, here, we're going to give you a little of your health back so you can keep exploring, you know? Is there any, like, uh, way to see that? Or, like, what's the drop rate or, you know, 
No. It, it, the the first time I killed a group of enemies, it, a message popped up, and it was like, hey, some groups of enemies will restore flasks. Mm, okay. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, there's, uh-huh. al- there's also, again, though, like I said, you can craft heals uh, a little more easier. So there's both. There's both, correct. Yeah, okay. And uh, you also have a mount in the game. You have a horse, which I think you've probably seen from a lot of the review imagery and all that. And the horse makes the travel across the overworld incredibly fast. And the horse has its own health bar. And one of the coolest things that I've mm. been noticing is I, for example, got to a giant gate. Okay, I'm going to avoid names so I don't spoil anything for people. And this huge giant jumped down off the gate. And then there was like 10 guards running around and a couple people manning like the, the things that shoot giant arrows at you. I can't remember what they're called. Not ballistas, but something like that. And I was like, okay, fuck, like this is really hard. And then I remembered, oh, I can just ride my horse. So I got on my horse and fought the entire encounter via horseback. And it just makes it just way different because when I'm like running away, I have the speed such that the giant's attacks are missing me, killing the little guys. The javelin shots are missing me. Every time I run by the giant, I get a couple swings in from my katana. And this this encounter that if you tried to do it on foot would have been impossible became way easier. And there's just a lot of a lot of like versatility in that. And every single weapon that you use has a different skill. That's like its special move. And it has a different moveset on horseback. So it's, it's like this whole like, you know, mix up of like, do I want to fight this boss like this or like this? You know, you have a ton of choice in how you approach the game. Sorry, you're going to say something? The more and more you talk about it, it sounds like Minecraft. I might have to get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, it's... Um, Dungeons, caves, loot. Yeah, so that's all in the overworld, right? And then there's, like, other random NPCs in the overworld. And I haven't even scratched the surface of it, I am sure. But then there are these things that they're calling legacy dungeons, where you you go into an area and it is a bigger section. Like um, like in Bloodborne, for example, it would be one of the main levels. Like, the Cathedral Ward is a legacy dungeon, Mm. right? So they take that whole big experience and they're like, boom, this castle is a dungeon. And this castle exists on the map. You can get to it from anywhere in the open world and boom. But when you get in there, it's like 10 hours of just that, you know, and it's it's going to be a big experience. Um, 10 hours. I mean, I don't know. I'm just using a number. I'm throwing it out okay. there. Yeah, it's probably, let's say, two hours of just that dungeon. And then you can you'll get to the end of it and there's a boss and then you're good to go. A um, couple quality of life things, too. You can fast travel to any bonfire you find right away or they're called points of grace in this map or in the game. And I have found probably 40 of them already. So they're all over the place. They're all over. Um, The other thing is when you get to the end of, let's say you find a catacomb, which is like, it just goes deeper into the earth. It ends in a a loot grab and a Mm -hmm. boss fight. Once you kill Mm -hmm. the boss, there's a thing there that says, Hey, do you want to teleport back to the top? So you don't have to run all the way out that you just ran in. And you're like, yeah, sick. So there's things like that that make it a little more, um, a little more friendly. For the average user and uh yeah i mean again i i don't i can't really speak to the specifics of a lot of what's going on because i'm going in without a guide i'm not looking at stuff but i will tell you from a trophy perspective as well it's a zero percent still on the platinum on psn profiles and a lot of the endings two of the three endings available in the game have zero percent mm-hmm. and quite a few of the bosses have either zero percent or 0.1 percent and the number for, for IGN, they did review the game, 
the only reason I'm referencing it is to tell you the reviewer said for him to just beat the game and not even do everything he wanted to do was 87 hours. Oh. Yeah. So 80, so it's at least, uh, Eight. what is that, 32? Yeah. No, 24. 240 hours? At least? I mean, it's, so that's where we don't know, like, how do the endings work? Can I save Scummit at the end to pop a few of them? Or do they have mm-hmm. really specific conditions, which a lot of the Souls games do? Like, you have mm-hmm. to have talked to these three people, or maybe even you picked the wrong starting class, so you can't get this yeah. ending now. I, I have no idea. That's stuff that's going to be slowly figured out over time. But I would assume that you're looking at 100 hours to platinum this game if you can save Scummit. At the, yeah, at the minimum. If you can save Scummit. Um, Holy Hannah. So I'm not necessarily trying to platinum it. I'm just trying to enjoy the shit out of it um it, so, ha- it has three golds 14 silvers and 24 bronzes by the way so pretty good ratios i think and um i don't know i feel like a child I'll, I'll leave it at that right i feel like a kid again okay the game came out at, at 9 p.m on thursday i pressed play the second the countdown timer was done because it was pre-downloaded on my console and i played till 1 a.m on a work night and then last night i played till 1 a.m again because I was just like couldn't put it down and it's that good. So I think that it's probably gonna end up going down as my favorite from software game and probably one of the best games of recent years. Um it's really early to say. I don't wanna be like hyperbole here and you know, it's a ten out of ten like masterpiece, you know, but if you like Dark Souls and you like FromSoft games and you wish that it was a little bit more open like Breath of the Wild or something like that, then this game is like 100% for you and you will love every second of it that you play so that's where that's what I got to say about Elden Ring so far I think it's a fantastic experience very nice 10 out of 10 sounds like dude I'd say for me right now it's probably <laughs> like a 9 like a 9 or a 9.5 out of 10 I, I do think the performance stuff is really unacceptable like for yeah. for like how like it's a brand new game you know what I mean like, come mm-hmm. on like end of end of flop on that I mean, yeah. I guess you don't know how well a game's going to do when it comes out, but, like, they had to have some idea, and they had to be there, you know, like, uh, you know, like a little baby. You wanted it to do good. Yeah, and yeah. And you, you, slip, you slip on the performance. It's, it's yeah, a little frustrating. you slip on the hardcore, right? Like, the, the average user, the average PS4 user is going to be very excited. And, you know, Skrillis is playing it on PS4, and apparently it runs great there. I'm not surprised, right? That's and I'm really glad that it does because a lot of people will be playing it there. But mm-hmm. you know, if you're gonna have a next gen version, like it should be next gen. Yeah. And uh, and it, it certainly looks like a a end of the console lifecycle PS4 game. You know, like it looks great, but it doesn't look. Yeah. Do, it doesn't look do like consoles. No. Do we know? Is there any uh, update on? updates <laughs> yeah is there any information it, on yeah you know patches or ps5 versions or whatnot that's a really good question and i do not know um as of yesterday it hadn't updated at all there was no day one patch as far as i could see but uh historically from soft games do not launch very well you know bloodborne is a is a like notorious example of the load times when that game came out being awful and then if you played that game like six months or a year after that like you didn't even know that was an issue, you know? Yeah. And the same thing for uh, for Dark Souls 3, from what I understand. So my advice is I'm turned, I'm in offline mode. I am not playing 
with any other messages from people or any of the network shit. So that's hopefully going to, going to improve my stability. And I'm also playing in performance mode, not in quality. So I'm prioritizing the frames and I'm still getting dips. So mm. yeah. And it's, again, it's not bad. It's like, it's not, it goes from 60 to like 55. Okay. Like you're mm. going to, you notice it is all, but it is just weird because you're like, I bought this brand new game in 2022 and it's performing worse than games I've bought in 2020, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, it's worth saying, cause I don't think enough people are talking about it. Like they're just mm-hmm. like, the game's so amazing. It's fucking awesome. And it's like, yes, it is. But this is mm-hmm. annoying, you know, and, and you should be aware of it. So anywho, we'll leave it at that. Um, you guys have any other questions for Elden Ring before we close up shop? No? Nope. Okay. Nope. Daryl, no? All right. Well, that's going to do it here. That was episode 53 of the Trophy Talk podcast. We are very pleased uh, that we've gotten past our two-year anniversary. Uh, we did a little fun shindig last time, uh, or last week, I should say, with some fun food combos. So go and check that out on YouTube if you would like. It's on my YouTube channel at CK Present. Uh, also posted it in the content section of the Trophy Talk podcast Discord. So again, check out the Discord. And you can find me anywhere at CK Present, so feel free to add me. Where where can folks find you, find you guys at? Uh, Narshard13, spelled with one D, on Instagram, Discord, and uh, mostly everywhere. <laughs> Narshard13, one D. There you go. Daryl, what about you? Where can people find you at? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You can find me on Discord and PlayStation at the Tall Simone Guy. Let's go. Let's get a quick hot take here. You guys going to buy it now? You going to buy Elden Ring or what? I think I might. I probably will. Okay. I thought about <sighs> doing it during like right now, but I... I'll tell I you what. Jump. I'll be playing tonight for another four hours or so. So if you want to yeah. jump in, I'll be on there. Mm-hmm. Same thing for anyone else in the Discord or listening. If you want to jump into Party Chat and play some Elden Ring, let's go. <laughs> 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 All right. Until next time, uh, we hope you have a wonderful day. Happy gaming and uh, take care, everybody. Goodbye.